Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Uh, low today and high on, ch- on Thursday, I should say, pollen count. Low today, high on Thursday. Now, it's an interesting story making the front of the sun this morning. Uh, one of the red tops. It talks about um, the pop payment being used to fund terror. Uh, the headline is Islamic Welfare State. The front page story saying that uh, jihadi suspects are using welfare payments to fund terror groups overseas during the pandemic, according to The Sun. Counter-terrorism Gardaí found pop payments, uh, cash if you like, being transferred to groups like Islamic State in Syria and they made 18 arrests linked to these probes. They say the suspected financing of extremist terrorist groups is happening all over Ireland and they're using the pandemic pop payment for it. I wonder if dole is used or is it just the pandemic pop that's being used or other kind of forms of welfare payments also being used to send money overseas like that. But much of the the uh, speculation now, um, I suppose we could all kind of live without, uh, you know, going on the lash or going for a few pints, could we? But it's the publicans and the businesses and the, and the employees. That's what this is all about. The reopening of hospitality, I think. Getting businesses open. Um, and uh, the Mirror this morning says that they're going to pass an emergency law now to allow drinkers to have pints outside pubs. I mean, I know that the guards were saying that it would be discretionary, as in they were going to use cop on and leave people alone. But they're going to make a law instead just to copper fasten it. But um, Mial Martin's quite upbeat uh, about, uh, you know, reopening for indoor hospitality in a fortnight's time. And he says, so far, so good. So he's fairly upbeat about that. But they won't actually be making a final call on it until tomorrow week, Thursday week. Uh, but the summer freedoms could face a, sus- uh, a setback, according to the Mail today, because of the Delta variant. Like the Mail says, summer freedom facing a setback. Indoor dining and foreign holidays may be delayed amid concerns over the variant. I, I think I read somewhere... Uh, earlier this morning uh, or that, uh, you know, if they were to push it back by two weeks, 15% more of the population would be vaccinated. So they're bracing for a delay, won't make a call until tomorrow week because of the Delta variant. Now, uh, COVID numbers are tiny and the amount of people in the hospitals very, very low. But in spite of that, they're worried that it could start to increase if Delta gets a hold here. So um, this morning, the Smart Star says so far so good with regards to uh, Bihal Martin, but they're keeping an eye on uh, the dominance of the, the Delta strain. The examiner this morning says the Delta threat uh, is um, itself a threat to the return of overseas travel uh, on July 19th. And if it were to be delayed, you know, I know we're talking about loosening restrictions on July 5th to allow hospitality indoors and then July 19th for foreign travel. Maybe both of those, if they were to be paused, they could be both be pushed back by by two weeks. The examiner this morning, I'm not saying that will happen. I mean, you just, you just don't know. Uh, the examiner this morning has a couple of interesting stories, um, both the examiner and the Times with regards to children, uh, that children have been missing out on shopping, schools, sports and hugs. These were the things that children missed during the pandemic, according to a research in the examiner. And the Times this morning says that there's been a huge amount of anxious children who have actually refused to return to school. It's an inside page story making the Times with regards to significant number of kids with anxiety problems failing to return since schools reopened much earlier this year and many of them haven't gone back. Well, not many, but quite a significant number apparently. And with regards to changes in the workplace and working remotely or 
you know, we talk of blended learning, but also, I suppose, we can also include blended working. The government now are going to explore shorter working weeks where you would work four days for the same pay. Which I don't think anybody would argue with that. I mean, does it mean that the four days you work are longer days? Or do you work the same day time, nine to five, but you only do it four days and get paid for five? I don't know how, um, I don't know how employers would embrace that. Uh, but certainly it seems to be, it's, it's, it's very European, isn't it? It's kind of very Scandinavian. Uh, but it certainly has been talked about with regards to, you know, when, when people go back, many people aren't back yet. They're still doing uh, work from home and converted bedrooms and garages and all sorts of things like that. Front page of the Echo today uh, talks with uh, Sally Hanlon, the Director of Support After Crime Services, and they're based on Anglesey Street. They do incredible work for people who've been victims of crime. And she says many of those who go through very traumatic experiences go through them and um, because of things that happen to them uh, at the hands of underage children where the perpetrators are too young to be prosecuted as young as eight or nine causing damage to people's property theft um snatches handbags and things like that and they want at uh, you know support after crime they want the parents to be held responsible and accountable so it's a front page where they talk of the very young offenders which is interesting because it was talking yesterday about chief superintendent Barry McPolan saying that there are kids in the city now as young as 12 drinking and drunk uh, quite intoxicated, he puts it, and he says that their parents need to wake up. Um, the Reverend Mother Irene Gibson makes the papers today, uh, both the uh, Examiner and the Echo. Paul Byrne had a report on uh, Virgin Media News last night. Uh, they're down in down the, down in Lep, and they're down there in their um, you know they had about I don't know maybe eight or ten or 12 different sheds. I think they've reduced those now, but they have no planning permission and by and large aren't welcome down in the area. Uh, they were before the courts again yesterday and were fined 1,000 uh, euro. Um, they say that they will move and that they're happy to move as soon as they can find somewhere to go uh, to set up their hermitage somewhere else. So that's before the papers this morning. They're now living in two 8 by 10 foot garden sheds. And they lead a quiet life, a life of prayer or reflect and reflection. I read somewhere earlier that they breached they breached protocol guidelines with regards to, to COVID recently when they went up to perform an exorcism on the doll. Um, and one of the stories that we deal with a lot, and I suppose the doll, you know, <laughs> probably needs a prayer or two, if nothing else. Uh, papers picking up on something that makes this radio program quite often, actually, and that is to do with rental prices and house prices. Whereas the mayor this morning says that 75% of renters believe they will never own their own pad. They will never be able to afford the deposit. They will never be able to afford the increasing price of housing. If you hang in there long enough, um, these house prices will eventually collapse. What goes up must come down. Rachel Allen has found a buyer for her plush cork home, according to the Red Tops today. It's been on the market for, I don't know, 15 months or so since it was first listed and went up for sale for just under 800,000. Don't much you got, I don't know how much you got for it, but it's a right plush pad. And all of the papers, including the star this morning, have photographs of the outside and the inside. And the Metropole celebrates 124 years in business. Lovely colour story with the celebrations um, making the echo today. Um, and I don't know whether you do much online shopping, but you've probably noticed since Brexit that if you shop on Amazon.co.uk, time after time after time, they tell you we can no longer deliver to your country. Of course, it's all changed now because of VAT, 
because of excise, because of all sorts of extra charges, because the UK is no longer within the European Union. So the deal with that this morning, and apparently there's one of these Prime Day super sales on Amazon. Uh, but unfortunately, Irish need not apply for that either, because if you do, you'll be hit for outside of Brexit fees. And we'll give this a blast later on this morning because they have found the song, apparently, that really gets you pumped if you're working out in the gym and you got your headphones on. And apparently, without fear of contradiction, it's the theme from Rocky. The Eye of the Tiger, Be Survivor. Apparently, that's the one that gets you going. So we'll have a blast off that a little later on. I, I love this story where, you know, you talk about the, we were talking about blended working and what have you. And, you know, a lot of Silicon Valley companies, and it's caught on in Ireland too, where a lot of the tech companies and those that employ, you know, fairly young people, they now provide snacks. They have a free bar. They have ping pong. They have nap pods in the workplace where you can go for a 15-minute or a 30-minute sleep. Oh, it's all wonderful stuff. But now the dating app Bumble, apparently, has given its entire workforce a week off to soothe their collective burnout. I don't know what what they'll do with the week. Maybe they'll rest. Maybe they'll go on the tear. But the 700 staff have got a week off in Austin, Texas, just to chill. Don't ever catch on here in Ireland. Go and take a week off. You deserve it. And did you ever... Do you ever mispronounce words? You know? I mean, I, I know, I do. And there's some words that I just can't spell. I can't spell the word necessary, no matter how many times I try. I, I find it difficult to spend that, spell that word and other ones like it. Pronunciation? I don't know. Probably there are words that I mispronounce. Emer will tell me there are loads of words that I mispronounce. But apparently the most annoying mispronunciations are specifically instead of specifically. Probably. Probably, instead of probably. One that I find quite amusing is people who say espresso. I'll have an espresso coffee when it's actually espresso. Um, especially, instead of especially. I don't regard that as a mispronunciation. I think especially is perfectly fine. Me, Arctic, Arctic, instead of Arctic. People put a T in there where it doesn't belong. Um, tender hooks. Tender. I'm on tender hooks, lads. It's tenter hooks, apparently. Etc. Where you put in an X where there's none. It's actually etc. I know it sounds weird when you say it. But uh, I wonder which one of those is the most mispronounced. Um, I mean, Pacifically is a good one, isn't it? Anyway, maybe you'd like to add to that list. They're just the top 10 for you. Text 0868104106. Triathlon. Triathlon. What's wrong with that? Well, apparently it's triathlon. Triathlon. It's a cork thing, man. The Neil Prenderville Show. Of course, the big, <laughs> the big cork one is probably, I had to bring her into hostable. <laughs> Thanks, Seymour. Or one that I use all of the time instead of animal, aminal. Aminal. That's de- they're definitely Corkisms, aren't they? Let's add to that. Text 0868104106. Morning all, straight to the phone lines we go. Georgina has had a hell of a time. A nightmare of a time. And is only yeah. back since the start of the week, I believe. Georgina, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Welcome back from Turkey. You went out there for your second stage dental treatment. Imagine the first time you went out, all was fine. What happened recently? It was actually North Macedonia. Okay, so you did you have to go through Turkey or something? 
Yeah, I was transit then through Turkey. Okay. Um, so I had all my documentation obviously going. There was no issue. Um, I was supposed to be back on Friday, but they didn't actually run the flight. So I had to get on a different flight. So I actually left uh, Macedonia Friday at 6 p.m. So my flight was something like 20 to 9. So I landed in Istanbul Airport then Friday night yeah. at about 11 p.m. Yeah. And my next flight then was Saturday at 7 a.m. Oh, were you going to hang around overnight then or what were you going to do? I did. I did hang around in the airport. I there, They had like um, bench chairs that you'd sit on. So I was there sitting on them. I grabbed a coffee and stuff, you know, walked around, stretched the legs and stuff like that. Um, I just wanted to get home. So um went up uh, to board the flight then um, at probably about, 615 because Istanbul airport is huge and you know when you're not from there you don't really know how long you're going to you know take to find the gate yeah. and stuff like that yeah. so but you managed yeah you managed I did <laughs> I did yeah. so um, I went up to the gate and um, I I didn't have a mandatory hotel quarantine booked um, because we the the dentist um, healthcare manager um Checked with Dublin Airport on the 23rd of May. I I have a copy of that email. And basically they said anyone that needs, you know, um, time-sensitive um, medical reasons to go, they won't have to do a mandatory hotel quarantine. Uh, where? In so, Dublin? In, uh, yeah, yeah, in okay, Dublin. Okay. So um, that was fine. So went up to the desk and I was told you can't board the plane because you don't have mandatory hotel quarantine booked. So I gave them um, the letter from my dentist that was stamped and they dismissed it. Um, There was a lady working behind the desk and I, you know, panic, my flight, it's going to leave without me. And um, I pulled her aside and I said, look, I goes, it's legit, you know, it was dental health reasons and, you know, and, um, she got on the phone to someone and I can only imagine it was someone in Dublin airport. Mm. And they also dismissed my um, dental letter. And basically, um, they, in Turkey, they just said, Ireland said you're not to board the flight if you don't have mandatory quarantine booked. And can, and can you it. explain to me, because uh, what I understand is that Turkey is on a red list. For Ireland, yeah, right. So Turkey people who come in from Turkey have to go into a quarantine hotel. Yeah, that's okay. if you're in Turkey. But I was in transit, so I didn't leave the airport. You know. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but you, yeah, and should that should that change things? The fact that you were only in an airport in Turkey, yeah, like you were, um, you were technically traveling from Turkey to Ireland. Turkey's on a red list. But what I, what I want to find out is, do you not? have to go into quarantine if you can prove it was essential medical? You don't have to book quarantine if it, if you had to go somewhere. You know, like, my 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 Pacific case is, it was time sensitive. I, I first got the work done in 2019 and um, I was supposed to return within six to nine months but between restrictions here, restrictions there, and I was a bit nervous to be honest with you as well, I need to go I didn't go. Um, 
but I had to go. Uh, I don't want to get into too much detail about my personal um, medical, um, but yeah. it was a time sensitive and, you know, my dentist was kind of in a panic because he was saying, you know, you're, no dentist in Ireland is going to touch you. Yeah, no, essential but, um, reasons are uh, urgent medical health or dental services. Yeah. 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 yeah, and you had to go back to the country where you got the dental work done, was it? Yeah, yeah, I, I go see. back for part two. Yeah, 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 to get it finished. All right, yeah. so you weren't, you didn't get on that plane then. No. What happened next? Um, I was diverted to transfers. I was diverted to passport control. I was walking up and down the airport. They wouldn't leave me go down and get food, obviously, because I was in departures. The vending machine wouldn't accept my money. I don't know, it was the note too big or something. I had no Wi-Fi because um, in the airport, I think you get like two hours free and then you have to pay for it. So when I was trying to pay for it, I was typing in my card number, but there was an extra digit going into the card, um, going into the space where you type in the payment. So oh, yeah. it, just, yeah. it was going all wrong. Um, then my phone was nearly dying. Um, so you had to walk a good bit through the airport as well to find, um, you know, a charge or um, a port to charge your phone. Yeah. So none of that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was just kind of, uh, I, then I tried to book um, a flight uh, to Germany um, and then Germany to Dublin. And they wouldn't let me book that either because I didn't have mandatory hotel quarantine. Booked. Or a PCR test. I had my PCR test, and my PCR test was negative. Gotcha. I got my oh. test done in Macedonia. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I had my test. Um, sorry, I should have said that at the start. Of oh, the... I thought you just rocked in with nothing at all. Okay. So at what okay, stage okay, then okay, did okay. you realize you're not going to be flying anywhere for a number of days and you had to find somewhere to stay? When um, they wouldn't let me board my flight, they escorted me up to transfers and they told me there was another flight leaving tomorrow, which would have been the Sunday. Yeah. But when I went up to transfers, uh, the next flight um, direct from Istanbul to Dublin was Monday. So... You still there? Yeah, sorry, I lost you for a second. So, nothing okay. till Monday. So what was the plan? A quarantine hotel? No, the, the, there was no plan. You, you, like, neither, you were just left in the airport, you know? Like, it's not like they got someone over to me to say, well, you can do this, this or this. It, I was just put to passport control and transfers. That was my two options. Um, then I got speaking with this tall gentleman. I, I'm unsure if he was a manager. And he brought me down to passport control. He took my passport, made a photocopy of it, and just said, enter Turkey. And I was like, I don't want to enter Turkey because if I enter Turkey, I'm in a red zone. So, so the hotels aren't in, deemed as red zones. That's very interesting. Um, what? Sorry, Neil. The actual hotel, again? the hotel in transit, isn't deemed to be a red zone. Not until you go through passport control. Yeah, like I, as far as I'm aware, because your transit. Um, like you didn't leave the airport, so you're it's okay, you know. Um, but then if you leave the airport, you're entering obviously Turkey. Okay. So you're entering the red zone. Okay. So what but did you do? After about seven hours without food, I left the airport. 
So now you're in Turkey. Now I'm in Turkey. And what happened next? I, uh, first of all, um, booked a hotel called the Istanbul and I realised it was in Iraq. <laughs> so... <laughs> how, how, I, how in the name I, of God did you do that? It was on booking.com. I, I just saw Istanbul oh. Hotel. Oh, God. So, in yeah. Iraq? In Iraq. So I was going for a tour around the country. On okay. so, you, so you quickly cancelled that? Yes. Okay. So... Then I there was um, in the airport. There's all different stands, you know, um, for accommodation in Istanbul. So I got one an hour away from the airport because I was thinking the further I get away, you know, they might be more lenient with me when I come back, and you know, with the whole quarantine thing and etc. etc. So. Taxi would drop and stay there. It was a very kind of old-fashioned hotel. I didn't leave the hotel. And bear in mind now, Neil, I had no suitcase either. Of course. My suitcase was in transit. God. I was wearing the same clothes since Friday. <laughs> I didn't even have deodorant because Macedonia took that off me in the airport. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so did you stay in that hotel for that period of time then? Yeah. And how do you know about the quarantine hotel? How did you know about that? Well, this wasn't a quarantine hotel, no, Neil. This is just your norm, a normal hotel. I know that, but you were telling Brenda that the quarantine hotel is a dreadful place there and that there have oh, been I, quite... I, I, I'll get to that, Neil. <laughs> I'm not finished. Yeah. So, um, I got escorted to the airport again and my I left that hotel in Istanbul at 4am no about half past three and when I got into like on the Saturday when they refused me boarding at 7am I had to book another flight actually I left that part out and I had to pay an extra 142 euro to get on that flight so on the Monday morning when I arrived in the airport for the for the flight home I when I went up to check in, they had me down as a no-show. Oh, for God. How could you be a no-show? You're standing in front of them. Yes, and I have my boarding pass still in my handbag from, from that as well. So you didn't get on that so flight I, either? No, I, I did. <laughs> I got on this one. Um, so they were, she was referring to the flight um, on the Saturday that I didn't turn up. Okay, okay. And I explained. Okay. So I, I questioned my suitcase. And she gave me like a boarding pass thing about my luggage on it. And she said, your suitcase will meet you in Dublin. Did it? So it did. Yeah. What happened in Dublin then? So when I got, oh, well, in Turkish Turkish Airlines as well, they nearly stopped me from boarding the plane again because I didn't have the online um, locator form filled out. And I explained that's only for Ireland and, you know, I do it on when I get there and whatever because I had no Wi-Fi again. And they demanded that that was filled out before they let me board the plane and they were calling last call for the plane. That was on Monday. And where had you put as your online locator address? My home address. And why was it okay on, on the Monday to get on the plane? But because you hadn't quarantined booked um, earlier in the uh, the back end of last week, why why did that change? Because um, when I tried to board the plane uh, on the Saturday, I had no mandatory quarantine booked. Yeah. 
And I booked, my mom paid for it then. Oh, so when you went back, you had mandatory quarantine booked in Dublin. Yeah, and I also then had to get a second COVID test mail because the one I had from Macedonia ran out after 72 hours. Gotcha. So I had to get another test in, in Turkey. Okay, so you did land in Dublin and then were taken from the airport to the quarantine hotel. Is that what happened next? Yes. Yeah. But you mustn't have been in there very long. I mean, what was that like? Uh, it was it, it was scary, Neil, to be honest with you. It's um, a very controlled environment. Um, it's security everywhere. The defence forces meet you off the coach. It's, it, I was on my own, Neil. So I think, for me personally, I my anxiety was kind of going, rising up a bit, you know. Um, like, when you arrived there, there was um, a queue, obviously, you know, you, there was a gentleman there to take your, your details and stuff. And there was a girl who walked past me with a walkie-talkie and she was like, oh, sorry, could you step back there, please? You're too close. Yeah. So I stepped back and then they bring you into kind of a, um, a place with tables and you're, everyone has located a number on the table. And um, you sit there and then... You're, you're told you have to go to reception to get forms, fill them in, and a security guard will take the forms back off you. Um, I was supposed to be off the cigarettes. I didn't even bring any cigarettes back um, with me from Macedonia, and they were only 75 cents a box. And um, I had a cigarette, one left in my bag, and I asked, could I go for a cigarette? And I was accompanied by a security guard. Yeah, well, that's that's protocol. They're, like, they're only doing their job, I suppose, in that regard. But to, mm. cut, to cut a long story shorter, you you didn't actually spend a whole lot of time in the quarantine hotel. Like, you didn't sleep there. You didn't have to eat food no. there. You got out of it fairly fast. How I, come? I got a lunch hour and I, I got soup and, um, like, a, a small salad bowl. Um, I think I was in there about six hours. Did you have to pay? Uh, well, yeah, I was paid by cars. Yeah. You paid for the hotel. How much was that? Uh, uh, €1,865. Will you get that back? I hope so. Cause I you hope were, so. How did you manage to get out after the six hours? Um, I tell you, Neil, I um, rang reception. And I asked, oh, because you have to book smoke breaks and stuff. Oh, no, but I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I understand that. So but how did, you, how did you get out? I rang reception and I asked could I um, book a smoke break and like when I was brought to my room I was told you can't leave this room till Wednesday. You can't leave it. So I rang reception and I asked could I go for a smoke break and she told me no, I could smoke out the window. So I just said look, to be honest with you, I said there's people in prison, I said getting better treatment than me right now and she said did you put in for an appeal? And I was like, no, I said, so I got a form sent up to my room and you have to log on to it. And okay, and what, so you filled that in and what happened when you filled in the form? Uh, I got a, a knock on my door about an hour later telling me I was being released from mandatory quarantine. Did, no. Did they say why? Because my, my, um, my reason for travelling was essential. 
Like you, when you fill okay. in the, okay. the form. Okay, because uh, Dublin Airport had said the letter would cover you and you wouldn't have to do quarantine, etc., etc. And it was the Turks that messed it up when you were in Turkey. I hope you get the hundred, the 1,865 euro back. Because if you don't, it's going to be a very expensive hotel stay. Six hours for 1,865 euro. Yeah. Yeah. What's the mor- what's the moral of this story? Um, many people are texting, say, "Don't travel overseas for dental work." What would you say to that? I had to travel overseas for dental work. Um, Neil, to be honest with you, I priced dental work here. I even priced it in Budapest, and it was for Budapest. It was thirty thousand, and my first um, stage for dental work was in twenty nineteen when there was no COVID and there was no restrictions. So, like, I had to return. To get part two to get, of my dental To get the job done. finished. I see what finished. you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You How know, much would the same work have been in Ireland, I wonder, if it was 30 grand in Budapest? I priced it as well in um, Ireland and it was 20,000 plus. And how much was it in Turkey, do you mind me asking? It was North Macedonia. North Macedonia. Um, I paid roughly about 10,000. Okay, so... With flights and stuff as okay, well, yeah. so Okay, so it was half the price of Ireland and a third of the price yeah. of uh, Budapest. Yeah, All right. and Neil, I don't even okay. like flying. Okay, you know what right. I mean? So, like, I, I just I just don't like flying. I rarely go abroad, you know? I just had to abroad for this unfortunately okay all right um thanks so much for sharing the story uh i think we covered all of the grounds here with regards to your trip um beware lads if you're traveling overseas then even if it's for essential travel even if it's for essential travel the moral of the story is it can it's not always cut and dry thanks georgina and welcome home glad to have you back thanks for that thanks cheers text 0868104106 we'll pick it up with i see some text coming in already text 0868104106 back after the break talk to neil prenderville now 1851-04106 red fm talking with women's aid on the air yesterday morning and the tens of thousands of people women who have contacted them over the past uh, 12 months or so the number of women reporting domestic abuse has nearly doubled during the pandemic um, I got an interesting text on this one, uh, many of them, but one in particular here says, any chance you'd have been an advocate for abused men? Uh, I have several friends that are being absolutely tortured by their psychotic women. These women are absolute experts at provoking verbal reactions from their men, and they time things so that only the reaction is witnessed by someone who's just walked in on them. A friend of mine was telling me the other day about his insane wife's absolute delight at this new coercion law and how she freely admitted to how she'll be using it against him. It would be nice, Neil, if you could please introduce some balance. Be an advocate for men. Quite an amount then on pop payments and what have you. My current employer has been claiming for the temporary wage subsidy scheme from day one. They are not down in any income by any means. In fact, if anything has changed, income has increased. The reason they are getting away with this is because they have opened an older company under the threshold to avail of the TWSS, which is the temporary wage subsidy scheme. Um, At the same time, they've reduced our working days from 35 uh, to three days uh, and 35 hours a week, I suppose, to three days and offered cash if you would take take up the odd day here and there. None of us have taken up any of these odd days here and there. We've tried to approach our employer as a group. It's a small company, only to be told, you know where the door is. Totally unfair, but we don't know where to go. Don't give out details for obvious reasons. Well, on the basis of what you're telling me, all of that is highly illegal and really could be constituted as fraud. Uh, for the past two months, my 17-year-old's been handing in CVs and applying online. He's desperate for a job. 
I feel sorry for him at this stage as they don't seem to be entertaining employing anybody under 18. Morning, uh, this is people who can't get work. I saw on Facebook last night, Rochestown Park Hotel are looking for staff in many sections. Maybe Chloe... Chloe's lovely. She's nearly 16 years old, living in Mahan. That could be an opportunity for you, Chloe. Rochestone Park Hotels, a great hotel, great people to work for. I'm in the motor trade and there is a shortage of skilled workers across the board. Nobody is going into trades anymore. Kids don't want to spend time training on poor money when they can go straight into pharma and tech for great money now. Well... Can you blame them if they can go straight into pharma and tech for great money? I applied for a job in Fitzpatrick's during the pandemic as I lost my job. This is Fitzpatrick's in Glanton. I had 25 years in employment with retail experience and I never even got a call back from them. I would have done anything. I was desperate for employment. Fortunately, I got my old job back. Point being, if Fitzpatrick's in Glanton are looking for staff, why didn't they reply to that man with loads of experience? Neil, maybe if businesses raised their wages beyond the legal minimum and scrapped these awful zero-hours contracts, they might have people interested in working for them, says Shane and Grange. Another one, one thing this pandemic has shown us is how people on low wages are treated in this country. It's so ridiculous to hear the business people whining because they can't get staff, staff, to exploit. Just listening to the woman on the phone with Neil, I'm wondering where she is. I'm looking for work in retail as checkout staff. Fitzpatrick's and Glanton was where we were talking to yesterday. It really annoys me to hear employers whinging about staff. I was put on pup, but was desperate for work. I hate not working. I actually was willing to do minimum wage just to get out and work for my mental health. I never got a phone call, nor even a rejection letter. Um, and one final one for now. Uh, bring someone in on a work permit and they can bring their family who will qualify for free health care, free education, housing supplements and pay them 10 euro a week on tax for minimum wage until they get residency. Then they can go on the dole where welfare will pay them. Oh, it's so much better than working. This is a response to companies who are saying they're going to bring people in from overseas and work permits. I, you know, when you hear of jobs being created, you know, 70 jobs yesterday, there was an announcement this morning of 500 jobs for Cork. That's brilliant. Great to see jobs coming in. But where are all of these people if they come in from outside of Cork to work? Where are they all going to live? And look at the pressure that all of these jobs being created. And it's a good thing. But look at the pressure it's going to put on housing, whether it's houses or apartments. Uh, because there's nowhere already for people to live. Georgina going to North Macedonia for dental work and being caught in Turkey. I know how this Georgina story is going to go. She went abroad. No one should be going abroad. The government did what they did to keep us all safe. Morning, Neil. Could she not get the treatment done anywhere in Ireland? Why are people going to Turkey? The price, ultimately, I think. Ireland is the third richest country in the world and its citizens are forced to travel abroad for basic services such as health care. What's wrong? Uh, she went to Turkey by choice, Neil. There was absolutely no way there wasn't any dental surgeon in Ireland that could treat her, I wonder. Hey, guys, just tuned in, listening to that girl. I'm flying out on Saturday to Turkey for medical reasons, but I just want to know, was she vaccinated as I missed the start of the show? Um we checked, actually, and uh, apparently she was vaccinated. I don't know whether she had one or two different shots, but she was vaccinated because she's a healthcare worker. I don't feel sorry for this lady at all. Dental work is not essential. And one more. Re, uh, regarding overseas dental work, the moral of the story is always look after your teeth. Always look after your teeth. Thank you for those. Text 0868104106. Sophie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. No, you can't. Is it three times you cancelled the wedding? 
Well, we were originally due to get married earlier this year. And due to COVID and lots of other people are in the same boat, we postponed to next year. Yeah. Now, due to, I suppose, unfortunate circumstances, we've had to bring it forward to this year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, literally two weeks ago, we've been planning our wedding from scratch for the third time because we lost absolutely everything. We lost venue, photographer, hair, makeup, absolutely everything we lost. But you got you got refunds for all of those, did you? No. Oh, no. Are you joking no. me? Now, some of our suppliers have gone, I suppose, above and beyond to try and help us out, but they can't accommodate us on the same days. But we've, like, lost thousands. Okay, thousands just, of do deposits. you mind if I just go through that? I mean, there was a hotel booking yeah. deposit. How much was that? Um, I think we paid it maybe 400 to the hotel initially. Right. Um, now, they couldn't accommodate us on the date that we needed, so offered it back in a voucher for the hotel. I mean, which is okay. We can use that at a later stage. A voucher? Like, okay. yeah. You had to cancel. Did that mean that they were off the hook with the refund, is it? Basically, yeah. Um, now I know some people have different policies and whatever, so... Oh, dear me. That's a lot of money, and that's fair enough. But to be honest, we didn't care about any of that. Okay, what we were the other What have, were the other money deposits that you paid? Uh, to videographers, photographers, like absolutely everything, like you name it, we lost everything. How much in total? Um, it would have been over a thousand euro, a lot more than a thousand euro. And none of that came back. Too. You got none of that back. None of that back, and we had to change our venue as well. So look, we're sorted. We'll get there. Um, okay, so you belie the two. You belie the two grand, and you're getting married uh, in September. And I'm not going to go into this, but I know it's it's yeah. it's, it's family reasons, and 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 I hope that yeah. everything works out for you. But you've you've had you've had to move it up, yeah. Yeah, and regardless of restrictions now and what else, we just need to go ahead with this date. Okay, okay. So, How many can you have at it then in 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 September? I think from. Is it July or maybe August? It's a hundred. But we're yeah. not even going ahead with that. It's just an intimate, small family wedding, I'd say closer maybe to 50 people. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. 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 And what's your dream, considering you've had to put it off twice and this is the third time lucky? See, our first reason for postponing was actually the restrictions on live music. Because for we started planning our wedding back in 2018 and the main thing we wanted was the first dance to have that moment. So that's the reason for postponing the first time. Yeah. We didn't care if we got married in front of five people, 500 people. We wanted the first chance that we pictured. So we said, look, we'll put it off. So now the chances are we're not going to have the live music. We won't have the live band. So the dream was to somehow get in contact with Westlife or management or something to see if they could send us a clip <laughs> or a record. I thought you wanted them to play at the wedding. <laughs> no, I'm not even asking for that much. No, just a I thought you were thinking, are they free on the day to play at Sophie's wedding? <laughs> Imagine. Well, I wouldn't say no to that either. So you've asked them to send um, a congratulations, have a great day clip. No, actually recording of them singing our song for our first dance so we can play it at our venue. So you could use a video clip of that, couldn't you? I don't think it would be the same. <laughs> so you want Westlife to all come together to record a video of them singing specially for you. That's a big ask. It's a long shot, but I mean, anything is possible and I'll try my best to kind of make the day as memorable as I can. I know Brenda's been on to Westlife to see if they can make it happen and we're waiting for them to yeah. get back. Um, do you, do you, would you be happy with a greeting, like a shout out even? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but obviously to hear them sing our song would be like what's, what's the absolutely song? unbelievable. It's Flying Without Wings. So you want them to record a special version of Flying Without Wings uh, and maybe incorporate your name, Sophie, and James's name into the lyrics or something. <laughs> <laughs> or even a greeting at the start would be fabulous oh that's song. a tall order yeah it's been our song uh, since day one um, it was actually played on the radio during our first date it was at our son's christening day and he had to playing when he proposed so yeah <laughs> that's a big ask I have to say I mean if you had deep pockets you can get superstars to do anything if you pay them I know you know maybe know. F- maybe five grand or ten grand or something <laughs> I know. Look, it's worth the shot. <laughs> it's a long shot. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's it see. Is, it absolutely is. Yeah. Let's see what they say. You never know. We might catch them on a good day. <laughs> I know. I've tried DMing them or anybody even remotely close to them on Instagram, Facebook. I've scoured the internet for email addresses. So I've tried everything to try and catch their attention. And then that's what I'd love if it would happen. I'd love if we it's could make it happen. That. It would be fantastic for you, but it would be a lot of fun too. Um, let's, was, Brenda yeah. Dennehy has it between her teeth now. Let's see how she gets on with it, all right? That's great. Thanks so much. And we'll see what they say. <laughs> Hope for the best. Thanks, Neil. All right, cheers. Take care. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Just jumping in on the whole issue of pop or back to work or people who won't go back to work. Mary says uh, it's very simple in relation to pop. Ireland is a corrupt country. Corruption runs top to bottom in Ireland. Give the Irish something and they'll ride it to death. This is why we can't have anything in Ireland. This is not just a systematic problem with the indigenous Irish. It's a problem now too with many of the migrants here as well. Um, Corruption running from top to bottom. Sylvia says when people fill out the form for the pop payment they had to give their employer's name and address social welfare could ring the employer couldn't they if their jobs are still there contact the employees and tell them that the pop will cease because their employment is there for them to return to pop payments were introduced because businesses were closed so go back to work or be cut off it's not rocket science uh, hi i'm looking for staff i'm looking for chefs kitchen porters and bar staff at the longboat in durris in county cork says Martin. Hi, we're also hiring. I'm contacting you from Cudahy's Daybreak in Ovens. We're looking, we're currently in the process of opening a new store in Cladove and we are finding it extremely difficult to get experienced full-time staff for our deli, for our shop and for our bakery. We have vacancies across both stores, full-time and part-time. Any CVs can be sent to Cudahy's Cladove at gmail.com For as long as we've had shops, I can't remember it being this bad. People do seem to have a high expectation and not having experienced staff can really leave you exposed. Uh, Helping a young person to get a summer job is a great thing to see, Neil. Well done. This is an untapped resource and should be looked into because like my own daughter, there are plenty of young people out there willing to work, but for whatever reason, find it hard to get something. And one quick one. There's a slight irony in Irish people complaining about people coming over here to work. Haven't we been going all over the world working in other countries for many, many years? Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after 10. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Music Station of the Year. 
Cork's Red FM. And you can do a bit of barbecuing regardless of weather. And even if you've got an old cover on it, you know, over your head, you can do it in the rain. And we've got a super deluxe Weber Genesis gas grill to give away, courtesy of Carew's Wood Garden Centre and Cafe in Castle Martyr. And they've got a beautiful cafe down there as well as all of the other things you'd associate with the garden centre. Plants, there's a playground there. You can have picnics there. It's a big estate and you can stay for the whole day and enjoy yourself. So, uh, 1,500 euro uh, Genesis gas grill to give away and 50 euro vouchers every day. And we're asking people, get some lovely stories on this, on your earliest childhood memories. And they've, they're lovely stories. They really are. So keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Email neil at uh, redfm.ie and I'll come back to them after 11 this morning. Uh, a lot of people then talking about teenagers. Remember years ago, teenagers could get work, health and safety and all sorts of rules and employment changed an awful lot of that. But you could be out working. I mean, I was out working at the age of 12 or 13. Uh, I know that it's very different now. Uh, and I, and also it's very, it's very difficult on young people because the whole idea of work experience has all changed now as well, hasn't it? Again, because of insurance insurance and employer liability and stuff. It's a pity, Neil, that teenagers are not allowed to work. My daughter's nearly 16, listens to your show, and she was listening yesterday morning saying, I would love to work right now. Mag says, I can't understand why people are coming on air saying they can't get staff. I've texted a few times about my 17-year-old daughter trying to get work for the summer. It's a flipping joke. She is willing to do anything. She obviously has no experience because she's been to school. Uh, so unfair in her age group when they're willing to learn and they are willing to work. Um, does the rules supply and demand only apply when the public are being charged through the roof? Maybe businesses need to pay a bit more if the demand is outstripping the supply. So a lot of texts on that and lots more besides. We'll come back to them throughout the course. And emails too. We'll come back to them throughout the course of the morning. But I'm very anxious and keen to talk to Lisa because I've been uh, thinking about this story and looking at her photographs for the past few days. And the job that she has done on this conversion up Mitchellstown Way is just incredible. But there's an equally incredible backstory to it. And she joins me by phone. Lisa, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Good. So, two years ago, you moved the entire family back from Japan to Mitchellstown, or just outside it, Kilbehny, is it? Uh, yeah, we did just two, just over two years ago, we moved um, my do- my first daughter, and I was pregnant with my second, and we literally signed a house the five days after my second daughter was born. Um, so yeah, it was, it's just been a whirlwind. And why did you decide? Did you decide, okay, to heck with this. Let's just take a risk, throw everything at this and start a business at home, is it? Well, my husband uh, was a pilot up until COVID uh, struck, uh, obviously, last year. So before then, we'd been traveling and traveling and traveling and we didn't have a resident visa in Tokyo. So we used to move a lot, uh, which was totally fine. Um the problem started, obviously, when his mother became really sick with cancer and my husband was flying back and forth to the UK. And during all this, I felt that it was time maybe just to start looking in Ireland to move back. So that's what I did. I just started researching, finding houses online, and I came across this house just outside Kilbenny. But obviously, we couldn't afford this house, <laughs> but I made my house go to see it. Um, made my husband go to see it. And like we absolutely could not afford it at the time. Um, I still don't know how we actually managed to get the house over the line because we were expats as well. So we struggled to get um, a mortgage. Is this a big old house? Lock Nana House. Am I pronouncing it right? Lock Nana? It is Lock Nana House. Yes, it was belonged 
to the Galgi Castle estate. It was part of the 20,000 acre estate um, over 200 years old nowadays. Right, so that would be going back when land was uh, taken and uh, and given to the landed gentry in the UK and they had Irish estates and there were absentee landlords and all that kind of caper, wasn't it? Exactly. And, John and then the tans came in and probably the tans came in and probably burnt it down, did they? Sorry, I mean the IRA probably came in and burnt it down, I should say. Well, well yeah, it, the, the castle was burnt down, unfortunately, but looking enough, there is a couple of houses um, that are still standing to this day and ours happens to be one of them. We're very, very lucky and ours is very, very true to the day it was built. Um, really, like I have got lots of pictures from back in the day and they're still still the same um, and we've tried to kind of keep that in tune. And when you went to visit it and came all the way back, was it habitable at that stage? Oh, absolutely. Like the previous owners had gotten it to an amazing uh, place. But obviously with these houses, uh, they're complete money pits. Like if you watch... um, the Escape to the Chateau, a hugely popular exactly, show, isn't it? Exactly. Where people do people do you're doing it in reverse actually, but I know what you're saying. Reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Angel and so Dick we, uh Strawbridge, yeah. isn't it? I love that program, yeah, it's amazing. Um so basically yeah, it was it's very great good. Date, but the lodge we like we, we, we accumulated the lodge only maybe the start of lockdown and that wasn't part of the original sale. So we happened to get that back and we renovated that start of lockdown because we were sitting at home the whole time doing nothing. So that's kind of like the business was ready, you know, to be launched at some stage. But I suppose when COVID happened, we decided, you no, know, let's just go for it now. Um, and that's why then the lodge was started and then the barn and tossed the whole gadget escape kind of came to light. How much, like, uh, do you have acres of land there or what is it? No, so originally, like, when the house was first for sale, it came with 16,000 or 16 acres, but obviously we couldn't afford that because um, I had originally looked at the house maybe seven months before we came to see it and it was at a higher price. We couldn't afford this. So um, we had our names in for another house and it fell through and I went back online and then I saw the house again and that's when I was like, oh my goodness, we still couldn't afford it. Why wouldn't let me know? Don't mean to be rude, but was it huge money, the whole thing? Yeah, it was Yeah, it was massive money. Like, oh my goodness, we're only, yeah, we're only normal working people. It was massive money to us. Um, hundreds yeah. of thousands, like? Yeah, <laughs> hundreds of thousands. Yeah, and we pumped. You're not going to. You're not going to tell me. I understand. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you pumped. You pumped everything you had into it anyway, didn't you? We pumped everything, and then obviously we started renovating the barn, and the barn was starting out like as a fifty thousand euro kind of, you know, like a rusty kind of thing, and now that's escalated. Are you joking me? I've seen photographs of the barn. You, you wouldn't <laughs> get. You wouldn't get a kitchen conversion for fifty grand. Mother of God! You no, know, but I suppose we were thinking, oh, Bale's behave. This could be really cool. It's a wreck. Different. And then, and then, as exactly you've seen the photographs, then we were like, oh no, it didn't end up to 70, then it was like 100. Now we're hitting like half a million. Yeah, I can imagine so, you're hitting half a million because... And the stress is like pouring, pouring from us. You thought it'd be 50 grand. Add another half a dozen zeros on it, girl. <laughs> I haven't seen the photographs of the interior of your house. I'm very nosy. I'd say it's lovely though, is it? It is lovely, like, but, you know, I have to keep it old, so I've got to keep it in the period that it's meant to be. And sometimes that's hard, too, you know. Um, I thought old furniture would be really cheap, but it's quite expensive at times <laughs> as well. It's expensive to be the lady of the manor, I can tell you. Oh, doesn't the come, lady of the manor, yes. It doesn't yes, come yes, cheap. The lady of the manor with, with holes in her roof. Uh, the lady of the manor with holes in her roof and with big <laughs> mucky boots on doing the work. Oh, but you've made fierce crazy. headway in the barn. What's What's the business behind this? 
So the business is, we just decided uh, there is nothing in the locality for an alternative venue for weddings. So that's kind of where that came to light. And also, we're in the gateway into the walkways for the Galtee Mountains, so there's no coffee shops. Um, it's just on caves, which is close by. There is no nowhere to go. You know, the nearest town is Mitchestown or Care. So there's kind of nothing in between. And a little bit different. I know. That's what we're creating. And little things like last night, we just released tickets. We're going to have a fairy school at um, our house for children. You know, um, just something different. I just want to be very creative in our our events. And um, it's going pretty well. It's (laughs) going very well because I'm going to be sharing all of these photographs. And the very first shot of the barn, which is fit fit to be condemned... (laughs) Yeah, and, it was, yeah uh-huh. and the tractor inside in the middle of it and the ivy growing my, through the my beams two girls, my two girls in the middle of it sure God love us they were like they were doing trailers of, of sticks and everything and sure then I flick ahead to some of the more recent <laughs> photographs and it's superb yeah thank you we we are literally we're we're up till 3am most mornings working and um, trying to cut costs it's all about keeping the costs down and all, all of this while rearing is it three little kids I have a five-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I have a 14-week-old baby boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And are there times when you... Leave. I feel I feel like I've been... Um, yeah, I haven't had my maternity leave. <laughs> but are there times when you wonder, what have I let myself in for, or have oh. those times passed? Well, do you know, like a lot of people would have said to us, you're crazy when we bought the house. Uh, people were saying to us, oh... You know, don't buy the house the money page. Um, there'll be rats in there. We're like, the rats would come in. It was that cold. We bought it. Um, <laughs> ah, they like, say I mean, that about big old houses. They're impossible they to heat. They are. It's a single glazed house. And, um, <laughs> and like the last owner, the previous owner, they put in heating. Oh, it's amazing. But you, you know yourself, as time goes on, everything needs upded. We have a swimming pool. That needs updated. Oh, a swimming pool. Now, we have a swimming pool, yeah. It's lovely for the ducks. Mm-hmm. And a tennis court. <laughs> We do, yeah. We don't play tennis, but we have a tennis court. <laughs> and you could take it off. Buy a couple of rackets and a ball. <laughs> That's it. Like we have, we have great facilities, and we just felt like we wanted to share it. Just too big for us, to be honest. And um, when when will you be open for business? Do you think is there much left in it? Uh, end of July. I'm taking wedding bookings at uh, the end of July. Um, we're doing workshops, fairy school camps. We have the lodge on Airbnb, Tessa's Gate Lodge. Uh, we're taking guests in the main house, so I'm hoping to be, you know, make up for time that we've we've been closed. Um, I and think also this is our this is our income now. Yeah, so yeah I think it's out. a very brave and courageous undertaking. I mean, it must be a million miles away from Tokyo. Yeah, it is, and we still have our stuff in Tokyo. <laughs> That's another story. That's another story. Oh my God! Um, I'm just looking at photographs of the Airbnb now. Yeah. We left Tokyo. My husband's supposed to go back to work on the Friday. Tuesday, kind of COVID came in. And I said to him, I just knew, I was like, because we were supposed to go back with him. We'd often travel back. Even though we'd moved back to Ireland, we'd often go back for a month. Yeah. Just to kind of break up him traveling back. And then uh, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I said to him, you won't be going back to work on Friday. And he hasn't gone back. So that's where the business uh, came from. We just decided to, to push on. So he's, um, his flying days are over now, are they? Well, hopefully not, but yeah, it, it could possibly be. Yeah, just like everybody else, you know, um, I've watched a lot of my colleagues, you know, fly BC's operations around back in the day. Now it's uh, uh, Stover here. Yeah. I've watched them all lose their jobs, to I be know. honest, and it's scary times. And 
that's another factor. It's like um, it's very hard when you are in, in that industry to find a new kind of new light, you know, to follow. So um, this has been really keeping my husband focused and, you know, knowing that there's another there's another line out there for us, another another avenue to, to travel on. So, um, it's a risky. Yeah. It's a risky time. I, mean, I don't oh, want to burst your bubble at all, but I'm sure so you know risky. it's a risky time. Absolutely, we've sat down and we have talked and talked and talked, and I suppose we could sit here and we could we could never do never take this opportunity and always wonder or just take the gamble. And yes, we could lose everything. That is absolutely the truth. Um, God loves a trier. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, trier. absolutely. Um, yeah. And we're going for it. <laughs> And it's only it's it's only like six or eight weeks since you had baby number three, isn't it? Fourteen, 14 weeks ago, or something. Yeah, fourteen weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My God. And um, but my kids are very good now. They're very good, and I have the best little baby. Um, everyone asks me all the time, "How do you work?" And um, they're very, very good, and and they're excited. So, like I know they're very young, but they're very excited. Like I was able to tell my five year old last night, I was like, "Fairy school is coming to the escape," and she's like, "Yay!" You know, I, so they're very much part of everything I know, we do. I know. And is, are the days really that long that you could be still doing something at two or three in the morning? Yeah, absolutely. Crap. Like there's holes to be dug, there's trenches to be dug. And I hope you filmed all of this going along, did you? I have filmed it and I've kept a lot of it back off Instagram just at the minute because I'll do a grand reveal at the end, you know, just to keep the excitement going. Because I'm sure oh, there's a page going oh, here we go again, here we go again. So we just decided, um, so we basically got the barn to a level and now we have a fit-out company coming in and they're going to finish it off for us. They're going to put a bar in, they're going to put um, stoves, um, lighting, everything. And and we've been working for so long on this that I just cannot wait (laughs) till the day that I show everyone what we've done. It's just truly well, I for one, I can't. I for one can't wait to see the video, or indeed, can't wait to visit to see the wonderful job you've done. Um, and people can follow your story on Instagram, can't they? They can. We're Galaxy Escape on Instagram. Yeah, we tend to post more on Instagram. We've just set up our Facebook page as well, and yeah, we're taking bookings for weddings. Um, and we're so grateful. Like so many people are booking their weddings with us. It's wonderful. They're just an alternative venue, you know, something different. And you know, when we get back to capacity, when all this is behind us, like what would the capacity be then for a function? My my capacity would be 120 guests maximum um, for for any event. Yeah, and we're just going to stick to that. I think, you know, because it's a family-run business as well, we want to enjoy it. So we kind of made the decision before we started um, what would suit us and I think that's, that's a nice number you know yeah. um, and what about what about would there be a food option and all of that as well are you catering yeah, or what, what happens so at the moment we're bringing in caterers and, and and the bar and things like that but not it won't be long hopefully next year we'll take that back ourselves because you know yourself food is such a big thing I don't want to get that wrong yeah um, walk before you can run well, that's it. I need to do my market research, and because it's a different venue, um, I want to see what our couples like. Do they like hog roast? Do they like traditional meals? You know, I want to kind of see where it's leaning to, um, and I want to. Yeah, I just want to crawl before I can walk. Yeah, like the babies, absolutely. It's a fabulous story. You must be absolutely <laughs> exhausted, but it'll all be worth it in the end. I think so. And like, you know, it's one of those things you have to be positive. If, if like sometimes 
myself or my husband would have a wobble and we're like, no, this isn't going to see us to the end. You, know, you just have to keep focused. And, and are both of you as committed? Like, are, are, are you the driver behind this? Are you the boss? Um, I'm the positive Polly. <laughs> I'm the positive Polly, I suppose. Um, not that my husband isn't the positive Polly, but I sometimes know. he needs the extra little, you know, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. I know, the sleepless nights, the waking in the middle of the night with trepidation about the, the bank loans and the bank manager and all that goes with it. Because, like, you know, like it's just money going out, out, out the whole time. And, like, you'll get a figure in for something, for example, I don't know, like 10 grand. And before you know it, it's gone up, you know. So like, there, is, there is a lot of worry to this, absolutely. I know, um, I know, I know, I know. Well, let's drive you know, it on. Let's get it done and let people, exactly, let's get... Let's, let's drive it on, get it finished and open it up and hopefully... Uh, bring something amazing to the area. Okay, I'm going to share the pictures that we have already on our Twitter and Facebook. But if somebody wants to get in touch for a booking, you're saying it's possible to book now. How can they do so? They just contact me on email lisa at galtyescape.ie or find us on Instagram. Lisa at galtyescape.ie is a good place to go, a good place to start. That is a good place to go. Well, listen, feel free to stay in touch and uh, keep those photographs um, coming because it's a great undertaking. It's a very courageous move. Uh, and, and, and God knows when we come out of this, there's going to be many, many parties and many functions and many events. Oh, I hope, and I hope to be part of all of And I hope events. that you'll be part of it too. All right, Lisa, cheers. Thanks Thank so much. Thanks for having me. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Take care. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter. At Neil Red FM. Gave out the top 10, t- top 10 pronun- mispronunciations earlier this morning, and you guys have taken that one on board, and loads and loads are coming in. I must read them out because a lot of them are corkisms, if you like. Keep them coming, mispronunciations. Text 0868104106. Thank you so much, Darren. He says, Listen to your show. Uh, yesterday morning, I was laughing away to myself listening to your conversation about companies and employers looking to take on staff, and they can't get staff. I've been working since I was 16. I'm in my mid 30s now. I've been a cleaner taxi base operator, telephonist operator and a taxi driver for many years now. From a young age, I wanted to drive for a living. I love driving, but I'm not afraid to try something new. When COVID hit and obviously the job search couldn't help as companies struggled and laid people off, I quit taxis for the sake of my mother who had health problems. I applied for PUP, got it and applied for work and after a few weeks got a job doing what I love, driving. I quit the PUP. I was so grateful for the help after being self-employed for so many years. But this morning I was listening. I'm happy with my job, but I still applied for jobs this January this year, uh, this year, um, as I was afraid I just might be let go. So since January, I've applied for 19 jobs, all driving jobs. One interview is all I had out of 19 applications. Remember, I'm driving all my life. They were all driving jobs, I might add. I have experience with dealing with the public for many years, great knowledge of the city and county. I'm not afraid of hard work or heavy lifting. Benny McCabe spoke this morning saying, forget the CVs, yet my CV only got me one interview out of 19 jobs I applied for. I could go on and yap the brains off you like uh, all of the others. The one interview I got, I got a second call back. There was one thing that bugged me in the two interviews. They asked what I like to do outside of work in both interviews. 
I told them straight. Family time with the kids and partner and weekends watching a bit of sport. I don't think I was maybe adventurous enough for them. I just think they're flicking through CVs like Tinder, swiping left, swiping right, and then complaining they can't get staff. You can't get experience unless you give experience from employees, employers. Fair play to Benny. He wants to give the young generation experience and give them a break, says Darren. I wonder why, thanks for that. I wonder why they asked that question. Uh, what do you like to do outside of work? Uh, is it, would that give them an indication as to what kind of a person you are? That you might be, uh, you know, maybe in your case, a family man, but somebody else who likes to party or to overly socialize or, you know, just do the dog on the weekends and then maybe not be fit for work on Mondays. I just, just wonder. Um, I can't remember. I mean, I, like, I can't remember the last time. I don't think I ever was at an interview. The last time I would have been in an interview would have been when I was probably late teens, early 20s. So I don't know what the interview techniques or interview protocols are anymore. Anyway, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. We were talking yesterday about people who were brought in, sat down at the table, six girls, and then asked um, you know, to move. We have a better table for you. They actually weren't moved to a better table. They were escorted off the premises. We actually did check with the, uh, with the gastro pub involved in that following that email that we read out yesterday about the girls being thrown out of the pub. Um, and the reason that we got from management was that there was, uh, was for health and safety reasons, they said, the girls had consumed too much alcohol. Um, I, I wonder if that were the case, why wasn't it picked up at the door when they were going in? rather than the mortification of them being told, we have a better table for you, and then just being told, out, not welcome here. Um, it must have been very embarrassing for them. Um, just curious as to why, if, there were, if they had too much drink on board, why weren't they stopped at the door? Anyway, that's just my thought on it. Uh, to line, w- okay, I'll do line one first, if you don't mind. Thank you. Carol, good morning. Hi, Neil, how are you? Um, did something similar happen with your daughter, was it? Well, Neil, I'm just thinking there, and when you said, they said exactly the same reason to me when I rang, it was health and safety issues. So they went to this establishment, and I what happened? They went there um, two weeks ago, they booked a table, blah, 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 anyway. My daughter went up to the bathroom with her friend. They were talking to two ladies on the way down about COVID. Next thing, the, the fella came over and said, no, ladies, you have to leave, you're too drunk. And were you, would you, are you, are you suggesting that they weren't drunk, is it? No, they weren't. They just went. They weren't out long. But what a noisy need. They did it to my son and his girlfriend Christmas. The bunks were physically on the back of my, my, my son's girlfriend, pulled her by the neck and threw her on the ground. A bouncer pulled who by the neck? Yes. My, my son's um, girlfriend. Why in the name of God would he drag a girl by the neck and knock her to the ground? Yes, they did. They did. So they're doing it all the time. Was there a fight or something that she had to be taken separate? No, they said there was, but there was no fight because he went back the next day for his jacket. No, they they, they threw him out even without their coats in Christmas. Yeah. Right. You see... I, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm hearing what you have to say. I'm not hearing their mm. side of things, and 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 you weren't there either, so you can't no. say with any amount of certainty. No, but how come he said the same? She was held to the safety reasons. He said the same to me, and he actually said to me, "I'm not entertaining any mamas. No, they're all grown up themselves." That's exactly what he said to me. I'm not entertaining any mamas. Any mammies? Any, any mammies? Mammy shoes? Yes. Mammy calling the pub. Girls, no. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're doing it all the time to get away with it. 
Yeah. They're taking their money. Why, 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 why would they be asking somebody who wasn't drunk with money in their pocket to leave? Yeah. What, but why? Why if, if they're not drunk? I don't know. Obviously, to get more people in, yeah. They came back down from the bath. Myself and our friend, there was six of them there. Y'all have to leave, girls. Health and safety issues, he told me. Were they loud? Were they shouting? Were they singing? Were they moving around tables when they should be sitting? Sure. No. How come he did it to that other girl and her party? And he said exactly the same that he said to me. The same answer. So, yeah, yeah. He's a problem, obviously. Like, he shouldn't be leaving all these people in. He's taking their money. They're not going to make any money from people if they... Well, I don't know. The world will get around anyway, I think. All right. The world will get around. But there'll still be people in there, I bet. Of course they will. All right. Thanks, Carol, again. Bearing in mind, they only have kind of half a side of a story. Had they paid anything, for instance? Like, had they eaten? Was there a bill or... Um, I tell you, no. They were going to have something, something small. And she said, you heard the same person saying to one of the waiters, don't be giving them nothing because we won't make enough money out of it. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. There wasn't enough money in them. No, they reserved a table and weren't spending enough dosh. Yes, yes. Did they have to pay? You don't know if they had to pay any money to reserve the table. They probably had to pay something for booking, all right? I say they did. Because, okay, all right, thanks for that, Carol, because there's a lot happening at the moment with regards to Secret Garden. Somebody emailing me yesterday saying they had to pay a 60 euro deposit, which was not refundable and was not taken off the bill for their food. So I know we've been ringing Secret Garden and trying to contact them on, on social media, but nobody's coming back. So this morning instead, I just Googled Secret Garden's reviews, people who had been visiting and booking, and uh, there's quite an amount of uh, comments that go back from the 7th of June up to the 21st of June. And a lot of people are very annoyed about, and maybe this is commonplace, help me out if other places are charging a booking for a table. 90 euro just to book a table for six people is absolutely scandalous. That 90 euro should have been taken off the total bill. It wasn't. And this is from somebody who went to Secret Garden uh, just on Monday gone. And then Friday, 15 euro per person is a non-refundable deposit, which also can't be redeemed for drinks. An absolute joke. And another one from Saturday, um, the 12th of June. A complete rip-off. 50 euro just to sit at a table for an hour and 45 minutes without it being taken off your bill is pure greed. Disgusting profiteering in the current climate. We'll never visit again. And another one from Tuesday last week. 15 euro each was supposed to be for the table. We booked for six, but in the end there was three of us. I realised afterwards my bank account had 90 euro taken out just for the booking. That is abuse of COVID. I'm really disappointed it wasn't clear in the booking page. Many people thought that the money, 15 euro per head, would come off the food. But no, it's your entrance, if you like. The 12th of June, we felt the 15 euro entrance fee per person was a bit expensive. It should be taken off the bill at the end of the night like other bars and restaurants are doing at the moment. Um, And there's many more like that. Many people annoyed that uh, they're 15 euro per person. So if you go with four people, uh, it's 60. If you go with more more than that, it could be up to 90, as I was saying. Anyway, uh, I wonder if that's happening. Is that commonplace? Let me know. Tracy, good morning. Hi, Neil. Okay, this, this this is a booking issue. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose what I heard yesterday prompted it stirred the emotions of my um, experience that I had um, the weekend. I um, I booked a place 
um, I checked the website for the, the menu and it suited the group. So I um, went ahead and made the booking and I rang Saturday to double check. It was for Saturday and I rang Saturday just to double check the time. And um, I asked about the menu and I was told, OK, the menu on the website was not the menu that was going to be on and that I, I had to go to Instagram. And I don't use Instagram a lot. I wasn't following this restaurant. But anyway, I went on Instagram and... Um, the menu was an a la carte menu, completely different to the one on the website. Three mains, one of which I, I, I just, I knew it didn't. So the a la carte had three starters, three mains, three desserts, is it? Yeah, yeah, but it just, it didn't suit our group. Like, you know, it, it wasn't the, it wasn't the menu that was advertised on their website. So unfortunately I had to cancel the booking and I was put out at this because I, I you know. Was I it that bad, the a la carte? Was it really that bad? Well, you know, when you have a group, Neil, like I had a group and I had shared the menu on the website. Mm. It, it didn't suit the group. Like I had a few. Like, I, I, no, OK, I you, you have a point. I, don't you have I shouldn't a point. have to go into it for the dietary reasons. But anyway, um, okay, I rang, point, unfortunately, yeah. I suppose, three hours um, before the booking to cancel. And look, it was met with disappointment. But I got a phone call then a half an hour later from the owner giving out to us saying that we were a disgrace to cancel on a small business. Um, that we were not welcome ever again. And it was very hard to get a word in edgeways. The per- the man was roaring down the phone. Nobody should be and roaring down a phone at you. Nobody. And, and I, I We all lose it sometimes, that. but like in business, I, you can't be doing that. I know. And I was very upset and it was very hard to get a word in edgeways. And I just said, look, I'm only human. I'm so like, I'm sorry. I, I hate that I'm cancelling, but it's just, it's really to do with the menu. And basically I was met with then, oh, well, why didn't you ask about the menu? Why didn't you ask about the menu? It was just so unprofessional. Because they had taken the menu off. They had taken, they had got rid of the menu and put in a three option a la carte and the menu on the website was what you booked. Well, like basically, I was told the menu's on the on the Instagram page, not on the website. The main, but no, no, I, I go, I go to web pages. I want to go to a restaurant. I look at their website. I look at their uh-huh. menus. I expect to go in and get that. If I don't get that, that's false advertising. But that's exactly how I felt, Neil. And I also, the only reason I'd be on Instagram following somewhere is if I'd gone a good few times and I really liked the place. Yeah, a lot of the time I want to see, if I want to see specials or photographs or videos, Uh I look at Instagram, yeah. Yeah, but it was just how I was met on the phone. And you know what? I'm, I've never, I've never rang a radio station making a complaint. I, I don't even go online complaining places where I've met. I met with maybe, uh, I don't know, service that I feel like is not good customer service, but this was just so out of line and I haven't even received a phone call of an apology. And to think the owner of the place did this to us. Well, he spoke to both me and my partner because my partner answered the, the phone first and he spoke to, I, all I could hear was, don't speak to me like that. And I was like, oh my God, who's on the phone to him? And next thing I went on the phone and I was told, you're the other one and started giving out to me as well. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just very upset after that. Um, would you put really. Would you put any of it down to stress, small business, three hours notice? How, how, how many people in the booking? Oh, totally. How many people? Neil, empathy. I have a bucket loads of empathy for the. I. I, I because I do, like how many of them? How many of you were there? So I, I do. I have. I have a lot of empathy for people, but I. I didn't get an apology. Was there four you of you? Was there six enough. of you? How there many? Six. There were six of so us. So he. He probably thinks that okay, that table is gone. He's never going to be able to rebook it. Totally understandable. Totally understand the frustration, but not 
I don't understand someone roaring down the phone, no. giving out, and actually barring me. I, I'm actually barred from a place that I've never set foot in. Yeah, yeah. you're a disgrace and you're never welcome here again. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. so that's not okay. So yeah. I just said I'd share that today. Yeah. Um, I, me, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know. I, I don't know. Can you, you said, would you be able to look into, I don't know. I, I, I'm sharing it and I'm like, what good is even sharing it? Well, it's very upsetting. What's, what's upsetting. the good in sharing it is that uh, businesses need to uh, understand the stress of him trying to rebook a table. But firstly, you called and cancelled. I, I would you, love you to did, think if they were listening today, maybe they'd, ha- they'd just feel some bit of empathy correct. and maybe ring and apologise. Correct. Yeah. And they should apologise. Apologize. The they because yeah, I, I, you did I, I, call, yeah. you did call, you did cancel. It's not as if you just didn't bother turning up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. All right. Well said. Well said. Thanks for that. Thanks for sharing, Tracy. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086 8104 Red FM. Neil keeps going on about overseas travel and holidays and flights. The pri- price to Aer Lingus flight from Cork to Lanzarote for a week in December is 780 euro per person for flight only. How are we expected to fly at these prices? Is that the way? Is that the way it's going to be? I would have thought it would have been a seed sale. 780 euro per person flight only. And another fast one here. If you could please help me last Wednesday, sadly. It's like a family member, really. Your, your family dog, your pet. Last Wednesday, sadly, my dog ran onto the road near my housing estate on the Scahard Road. And a lady knocked her down, knocked over her, ran over her. It was just by the turnoff for Douglas. Sadly, my dog passed away. But I was wondering if you could help me find the lady as she was so distraught. My husband was dealing with the incident and I wasn't around, but the lady kindly drove my dog and partner to the vet and then left. And we never got her name to thank her for stopping and bringing them to the vet. I was hoping maybe you could find her for me. As I said, she was so distraught and I want to make sure that she's okay, says Megan. I think that's the kindest gesture ever, that you would want to talk with the lady. You know, uh, I think it's really kind of you and considerate that you would be looking out for her considering that you lost your beautiful family pet, which is like a member of the family. A tragic set of circumstances for you. Anybody help in that regard? And I'll pass on details to Megan. Text 0868104106. I chatted on Monday with Marie um, because Monday was uh, World Motor Neuron Day. I think it's actually World Motor Neuron Week this week. And we chatted about her husband, Jim, who died uh, of motor neuron disease last June. He'd only been diagnosed in January, six months previous, but they figured that he had been living with it for at least a year, if not longer, before that. Wonderful, wonderful man. And I would imagine that Trina was listening to that conversation on Monday. Didn't get to chat with her yesterday. Trina, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And did you hear my chat with Marie, the lovely Marie? I did hear your chat. I was actually on my way to Cork with my father and I could hear the interview and it broke me back to when our mother had it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Mammy had it about, she had it 10 years ago. Well, it should be gone 10 years this December. And she passed away at 70, wasn't it? It was 70. No, she didn't look 70, not that 70 is old or anything, but she was very young at heart. She was very, you know, articulate, very capable, you know, loved the crack, was mighty fun. Everybody loved her. She wasn't a bit house proud. (laughs) Like, you could come into our house. And you could see a bag of potatoes up in the radio and the cat could be watching the golf. But everyone loved it because they all came back. She was that much fun, you know? Yeah, you and could she, feel the love and the humour and the happiness in the house. That's what matters. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. And she she just would, like, she was up for anything. She'd make a party out of anything. And, you know, any of the cousins would come on Sunday morning. And if you mentioned that you'd been out the night before, you would have a glass of wine in your hand by 12 o'clock, that kind of thing. Yeah, I know. You know, know, she was very homely and very witty and 
like she was such a great listener and she was great at advice. But when Motor Neuron, the reason I rang was there's a lot of help out there that we didn't know about. Yeah. Um, and it, at the time, I mean, I think it has moved on a lot since then, please God. But at the time, we didn't really know anything about Motor Neuron, even though I knew she had it. In my soul, I knew she had it. Why because do you say time, that? I mean, what, did you pick up on it or something? Yeah, because Mags in Fair City at the time had it. And there's different forms, as you know, but she had a very similar type that Mammy had and her speech was affected. And she was interviewed on the late late. And I remember watching that and I was like, that's what Mammy has. Was your mam's speech starting to slur at that stage or, or what was it? Yeah, it was her speech started. Now, initially, it was difficult to kind of... Initially, I didn't really know. You know what it was like? You know, someone will say had two glasses of wine and they might have had a third one. And you'd notice it more over the phone. It wasn't... It was like a hesitancy. And it wasn't a slurring. It was something similar to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took me about three months to say it to her. And I said to her one day, coming home from work, I said, Ma'am, I noticed that your speech is kind of a little bit different. And she said, first, is it? And then she said, I thought that too. Right, yeah. So and then she rang her GP and they told her to go into the bonds at the time. And there was no um, neurologist in the bonds. There was the neurologist that she wasn't awfully clean in, which was quite funny as well. Um, she, he was in the mercy. Now, he's retired now, but she was, she was in the bonds from the Friday to the Wednesday and she saw this man. But she straight, straight away wasn't too keen on him. She was not awfully keen on him. All right, well, we won't go there. But when did she but get... We won't go there. How, but, how, did she, did um, she, how did she react to the diagnosis? Well, I think she was very scared. That's the one thing that that was she made it very clear like I spoke to her like it's very hard to speak to somebody even though I can chat mad but to, when somebody can speak back to you her speech was very deep and hollow in the beginning and then within 14 weeks she lost her speech and her smile gone God but it's she cruel did say isn't it that she, it's cruel she did say that she was afraid and that she'd prefer to be in a wheelchair than lose her speech and I was like mom she'll look wait a while we'll see how it goes you know what do you say because she knew her soul she knew her body herself but it was very it's a very cruel rapid did she know that it was progressive yeah she did because yeah. because of her because of I suppose of her speech and her swallow like she couldn't I remember was at home one day and she was taking they had given her medication now as I say it was 10 years ago and she was trying to take the medication with a, a yogurt and the yogurt was all over herself and on the floor and she ended up having a peg then now she was at home all the time yeah. which is great yeah yeah. and we yeah. were feeding her through the peg yeah I know, it's, know? it's a gradual it's such a debilitating yes difficult and the one thing I want to say for anybody out there this morning is the further we didn't register with the Motor Neuron Association for two months because I think I think Daddy was kind of like it was he just wanted to wait and I think it was admission of it you know what I mean mm, mm. and once that was done the support and the assistance and the help is amazing and so you can do it online and it is such an amazing association and they came down we did fundraising and Mary Reevy was the lady that we were dealing with now I saw recently she has stepped down from the post and she's I won't say retired because she's quite young 
But she was the one, but I'm sure that somebody, whoever it would be, that you'd get in contact with Motor Noran, they would help. But it definitely needs as much assistance and funding. Like the Ice Bucket Challenge was the best funding they've got. That's right. And that was hugely successful. Because Marie was saying to me, Mary was saying to me on Monday that they're noticing as well that that the age groups are getting younger. And I, I was kind of researching a bit of it and they say that the symptoms actually can start at, you know, anywhere between 20, 30, 40 years of age. Yeah, which is scary. And the thing about it is, there was five people in the locality diagnosed with MND after Mammy passed. And when we were, the day Mammy was diagnosed, uh, my father was, uh, she had to go to Beaumont to Professor Orla Hardiman. And that day, they went up and they went the night before and they uh, went, the appointment was at two. And I, I rang Daddy at three thinking, they're surely out by now, you know. And he, instead of hitting the, the cut me off button, he hit the green button. And I wrote down, I could hear her, Professor Orla Hardman, diagnosing Manny. Mm-hmm. And she said it originated in France and it was mainly men were affected. And to, like, if you go into yeah, the and, she, Nora, and she's right, it still says that. But it, it does. Says it says they're more likely to affect men than more. women. In inherited yeah. forms of the condition may present at birth. Yeah. Are, are they saying that it's in your genes? Well, that's the other thing I was going to say. Like, we were advised, recommended, sorry, to be tested myself and my sister and Kieran and Cullum. But we. Now, I started saying, no, the other three haven't. I haven't. And I did think about it. But then I thought, you know, do I really want to know I have the gene? If I get it, I'll know what it is. Yes. And I don't want to be living my life with that terror and worry of what am I going to do if I get it? I know what I'm going to do. There's very little you can do, which is very unfortunate. And that is, the, like, I don't want to undermine And what do you mean you know what you're going there. to do? You're just going to live you know, with it? I, and I just it? feel, I know what I'm going to do. Like, I would be more aware of what help is out there now yeah and um sometimes i have ideas in my mind i mean i don't want to bring it to me like in the universe i don't want any of that but i just know what it would be because it took so long for mammy to be diagnosed like she was being um you know they diagnosed her initially as having tias which are meaning strokes and strokes which it wasn't and it took a long time for mammy to be to diagnosed get the correct you know? diagnosis i know whereas I know. now i think then with, with the ice bucket challenge that can give them the funding that gave them the funding you know, a lot of schools have done a lot of, you know, and nanoras are doing, because of the week that sinners are doing, you know, the option of maybe parents giving some uh, a donation or cake sales or things like that. So and every small little bit helps. It doesn't matter. You can say we can't give them 100 euros. I know. And that's the importance of having awareness money, you know? weeks like this. You're right. So from having a fall yeah. in January 2019, diagnosis in 2020. 10, sorry, 2009 no, was the fall. My apologies, yeah. 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 Uh, and a year later, diagnosis and passed away the year after that. It's, it's, very, it's very rapid, yeah. isn't it? Very yeah, rapid. it is very rapid. And the other thing that we weren't sure about is, you know, the fact that Mammy had her senses throughout the whole thing, which is probably a great thing in one way, but not in another. Mm. Mm. But I did notice that towards the end, and Kieran, my brother, he came home from us and it was extremely amazing to her and he noticed that her her memory was getting a little bit confused mm. and you couldn't keep her neck straight yeah like the muscles her yeah. into the house yeah. it is a muscle and she actually got cardiac arrest she got two actually on the day and it wasn't just 
Oh, my sister came home the night before from Brussels with her husband and her little boy. And I wasn't to come home, Mammy is going to, you know, this is going to happen. Yeah. She just went so quickly. Yes. And yes. she got the cardiac arrest and then they revived her and then she got the other and that was it then. I know, I know. Misfortune. So young. Yeah. So yeah, young and so is. cruel. Listen, um, thank you so much for sharing that story. It is all thank about awareness. Thank you for having me on. And I just hope that it will help other people out there. Yeah, yeah. But it is very imperative that they do contact the MND Association. It's all online. They're very quick to help you out. And, you know, for people who are, as I, I didn't answer what you asked me, was about you can get checked, you know, to see if you have the gene. But for me, and I think for the other three, I think they didn't really want to know, but the option is there if okay. anybody wants it. All right. Thanks so much, okay. Trina. Have a good day. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. Thank you for giving me the air to just say that. And You're more than welcome. It's very, very important. Okay. That's what we're here for. Back after 11 on 1850-104-106. Hey, it's Killian. Join me Sundays from 10 for loads of music, a bit of chat, and my... Mildly interesting facts of the weekend. It's the Sunday 10 to 2 show with Killian on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Uh, We were talking about dating apps last week and again on Monday long time listening to the show I've had some experience of this dating game OMG to say there are scary people out there is putting it very mildly I was on a few of them over the years I always met people in public places and let someone know where I was going I met men who in their profile photos looked a man around my own age 40-ish at the time but when they turned up they were way older oh my god I had another one who used his older brother's picture and he ended up being 19 the lord above is scary you get to text men before you meet and this is where you find out about what they like and dislike like your caller on Friday said it's like an interview but when they have your number It quickly goes smutty. Now I have received messages from older men asking me questions my best friends wouldn't dare to ask. I think when you depend on dating apps, it's so difficult. One man texted me at half past 12 at night wanting me to come to Douglas to a car park to meet him. And when I said no, it's too dangerous, OMG, he turns so nasty. You get the worst of the worst on these apps. The married, the divorced, the strangest of men. I wish your caller on Friday the best of luck in her search. I will not go on air as I'm kind of ashamed to say this on air, but it's taken me 45 years to find someone who opens a door for me and is a good man. I met all the frogs and they didn't turn into Prince Charming, I can assure you. Adore the show and your ongoing debates. Yours, etc. An embarrassed listener. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad it worked out in the end for you because it isn't as if you didn't put in the effort. Of that, you can be sure. Keep those emails coming, Neil, at uh, redfm.ie. Pick up the phone on 1850-104-106. Now, earlier this morning, I read out, I think I have it here somewhere, I read out the top 10 mispronunciations. And God knows, um, from what I've seen now with you guys texting, it's only the tip of the iceberg. Um, there are many people who mispronounce different words. Like, uh, this, I love this one because this is very much Cork. Forgive the rustling of paper in the background. I'm actually looking for the survey while I'm chatting. But one of the big Cork ones is chimney. And I couldn't count on both hands the amount of times I've spoken with people on the air and we're chatting away and they're talking about blah, 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 chimney. And I always smile, not in a kind of condescending, mocking kind of way, saying, oh my God, you don't know how to pronounce chimney. I just think it's lovely. 
I just think it's cute. It's cork, isn't it? Chimley. Chimley. Or biscotti for spaghetti. I don't know who texted those two, but thank you for reminding me because my kids, all their small lives, said biscotti. Biscotti on toast. And I love it. Neil, what about the eye, ear and throat hospital? <laughs> Everyone called it the iron throat hospital, says Joe on the north side. Dead right. Absolutely right. The iron throat. Went into the iron throat. Um, Bundalo instead of bungalow. Really? Yeah, stretching it a bit. Do people actually say bundalo instead of bungalow? Sangwich instead of sandwich. S-A-N-G-W-I-C-H. If you say that, please, would you do me a favour? Keep saying it. It's lovely. Uh, rugby. The rugby match instead of rugby. <laughs> That's very true. Rugby. Uh, we here in the office in Orchard Road Centre in the CUH are debating how, how is the surname Colin stroke Cochlan pronounced? Is it Cochlan? C-O-C-K-L-A-N or is it Colin? C-A-W-L-A-N The country people here in the office think it's Cochlan but the city folks say Colin. Can you settle this for us? Help me. Help me. Because I would have said that Colin probably is a city thing um, or maybe maybe Cochlan is the posh version. It just depends, yeah. They're both spelt the same, incidentally. The same. I've heard, I know Collins and Cocklands and they're near the posh North City, so... They're, they're spelt differently. Yeah. There's a C-O-G-H and a C-O-U-G-H. Is there a C-O-G-H? I think there is. Okay. And that could be Cockland then, couldn't it? C-O-G-H-L-A-N? It could be. Do you know who lands you there now, Jer? Because he's pulling us up on all sorts of wrongdoings here this Jer. morning. Hello. And and just while you're on the air, you you did find a mispronunciation of mine, did you, Emer? Oh yeah. I, I did. No, hang yeah, on a sec, Jar. No, I, I go, just hang on a sec, Jar. I'm just going to give her. I'm just going to give her her uh, her toppings worth. Go on. Oh, the the, the one yeah. I, that always drives me mad. Yeah. You say Italian, <laughs> Italian, which is probably correct. He's, he thinks he's an RT newsreader. He'd be saying issue next. <laughs> <laughs> I say Italian. I do. I just like the sound of it. Okay, I'll find one on you. But you're so perfect. You probably oh, no, just I'm not. I'm far from it. And actually, I'm mortified as well because the word in itself, mispronunciation, is wrong because it's mispronunciation. You also, both of you, you and Miss Dennehy, also thought the word was laxadaisical. Yeah, that's what Jarrah is putting I thought it was laxidaisy. My own thing, laxidaisy, D-A-I-S-Y. That's Belly Desmond's Belly Desmond, yeah. All right, Jarrah. Uh, Neil, hi. Go ahead. Thanks for waiting. You have the floor. Yeah, Go ahead. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just heard, I just heard you mention this morning something about um, uh, Silicon Valley, uh, Neil. Whereas it should be Silicon Valley. <laughs> I did do that. Yeah. Well done. All right. Uh, and what I've heard you mention down through the years is um, with regards. <laughs> it, it should be with regard. <laughs> Oh my God! You're on a roll, kid. Keep it coming. <laughs> one more, one more. Uh, I, I, I've heard you say. Um, what you say again? Uh, you say hone in on something. H O N E. Hone in, like yeah. Be, what's so wrong with that? It should be ho- home in. H O M E. And what's hone then? To to sharpen uh, is it? To sharpen something. Home is to sharpen. Hone is to sharpen something. Home is like uh, you know, like to say. A drone would home in on a target. Oh my God! But would you say an awful lot of people like me say hone in? Oh, there are too many people like Tony. I don't want to joke. 
<laughs> well done. You got three or four there of my mispronunciations. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 my my wife picks me up one, which is um, I, I say against, against, uh, for it should be against. That's right? even hard to mispronounce against. So yeah, well, that's that's what I always I, I, I've said that since day one of my life. But but anyway, my wife tells me, and it's true. It, it, it should be against. What I say against. Any more? Um, let me think. I mean, like you, I, I often I hear Matt Cooper. He's he's, he's always saying news. News. Well, it should be news. Yeah, it's actually news, isn't it? News. Yeah. Uh, but and, we and, many uh, of us uh, say well, news. He's, he's not the only one. He's not the only one. But um, uh, Matt Cooper in particular, I, I, I hear him say news. And <laughs> uh, um, anything else? Um, Houses. I, I say house. I think older people say houses. It used to always be houses, but I hear younger people say houses. Like, do you think it's houses or houses? Uh, for me, the word is house. Yeah, but I would say more than Singular one. is house, and the plural would be houses. You'd never houses. say houses. No, I, I hear a lot of people say houses. What about the. I've got a few here. I done it. Instead of I did it, that's more grammatical than mispronunciation, yeah, I suppose. That's true, that's true, that's but, it, true. but it cracks up by leash, and I see other texts coming in as well. Let me get another couple another, of calls. Another, f- thing, another thing that bugs me, Victor, but the one thing that bugs me most is um, if ever you hear historians say, like that guy, Dermot Ferreter, he'd be talking about, say, the Civil War 100 years ago, and he'd say something like, uh, uh, Michael Collins travels down to Bail the Blah. Whereas Michael Collins, actually, he went there 100 years ago. He should say he travelled down there. He, he, like All historians, they, they talk about things like they're happening right because now. Because they're yeah, te- yeah. because it's a narrative. They're telling a story. Well, yeah, but it's still wrong. But, you know, it, it, like... It's kind of an affectation of historians that they... You're that very, you're that. very, you're very perceptive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, anyway, look, I, 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 I like... I, I, you 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 kind of gave me um, a, a lot, for, I, to, to contact. No, I gave you. I, I personally gave you a lot to work with. I think didn't I? In fairness to yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, okay. look. Uh, so come back yeah. and hone. Come back and hone in on some of my other mispronunciations in the future. <laughs> <laughs> All the best. Cheers. A lot of texts on this. Um, uh, I find astronomy is also pronounced astrology. I don't think it's. I don't think it's pronounced wrong. I think we just confuse what the two are. You know, uh, texter says I find astronomy is often mispronounced. Is pronounced astrology. And when I say I think I'm a bit of an astronomer, people say what stars? <laughs> what star sign are you? Astronomy and astrology is completely different. Lots of people in the media omit the first syllable of the word economy. I have never in my entire life heard anybody in media say the word economy. What about people who call you Niall instead of Neil? <laughs> well, that is, that is a, a glaring mispronunciation. Not that it bothers me. They are two completely different names, completely different spellings. Fell at work always says hostable instead of hospital. It does my head in. I wouldn't mind, but we, <laughs> but we work in a hospital. <laughs> Um, anyway, we'll come back to those. I think there's some calls on this as well. I gave you the top 10 earlier on this morning and they say the top 10 most annoying are specifically for specifically, probably for probably, espresso for espresso, specially for especially, arctic instead of arctic, nuclear instead of nuclear, 
tender hooks instead of tenter hooks, etc. instead of etc. Accessory. Oh my God, I get that wrong all of the time. It's um. Could you pass me the accessory instead of accessory, and triathlon instead of triathlon? Not that I could ever do either. But anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Dolores. I mentioned earlier on this morning that it's tougher on young people now. It's harder to get part-time jobs younger. Added to the fact that there's pretty much no work experience anymore. Am I right? That is exactly true. I have a young fellow at home at the moment. Um, he's since the pandemic. Mad keen to get into the hospitality. Has done the British course. And all he's la- now he has a little experience, but he's lacking the main experience, I suppose, that they're looking for. He's been in touch with all the city hotels, which all in turn send, told him to put on his, um, send on his, e- his CV through email. And nobody has as such recognised that he's an interested candidate that would be willing to work for whatever to get his experience. And what to enjoy what course work. did you say he did? The barista course, you know, the copy making course. And, and is he a qualified barista? Well, he's uh, he's done the course through the in fairness through the the Cork City uh, Institute of Technology, which means he's worked with the equipment and everything. He's actually well, he phys- has, he, he's got he's got he's got a certification to prove that he has this course done with top marks and uh, with another other couple of people that were probably in the same boat as himself. Gotcha. And it's just the the. It has been calling me that they're look out there saying that they can't get their stuff, but give some of these young people a chance. And tell me, how old is he? 20. So one would have thought that in hospitality, because he probably has more skills than just, there's nothing wrong with being a barista, forgive me, I'm not suggesting that, it's a very specialised job, but he probably has yeah, other he talents has as well. Experience as there well, you go. He would have experience in retail, he would have worked at McDonald's, but he'd used to the chills, used to dealing with people. So why can't he get um, work? There, I'm getting text after text. He is literally, uh, he's put himself out there, he's sent literally hundreds of cities, but it's all online, they won't take any handovers, you know? And I mean, I've worked in hospitality all my life since I was in the high tech grasshopper and such, but as, uh, in my day, you could work at 16, you know, and get your full payment. But I just feel so sorry for the young people out there, even if this is just not only in hospitality, everybody's looking for experienced workers, but how are they supposed to get experience if they're not being given the chance? Well, he's he's clearly put down qualified, hasn't he? The word qualified right. stands for an awful lot right. of experience. Well, he would have had, like he would have put down what he has done, and he has given referees so that they can check up that he has done this work on his CV. But like he's still only twenty; he's only finished school over a little year and a half. You know, with the with the pandemic, of course, he he um, had the break. And, and is this what he wants to do? He wants to he work in hospital. Really, really wants to work in hospital. Is he good with people? Um, he is very good to people. He, he coaches a, a, a soccer team, um, an under-15 soccer team. I just team, don't get it. And another young kid. Yeah, I know. I just don't get that, it. The kids that are, are under him have all, I've heard back from parents, that they all like him coaching. So he's got, he must have some bit of a way. Now, this is me speaking as a parent. Of course, I'm speaking of my own child. But I'm sure there's other parents out there in the same position as my I am hoping their kids would be given a chance. And is transportation maybe an obstacle? Do they see maybe... Well, oh, like he's waiting on the call to do his uh, dri- uh, uh, the driving school, which is the only way he can actually afford to do it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, but I'm he saying, are they looking at his address and he's literally miles and miles away from the workplace? Well, or? most city hotels, you can get to. Is he suburban, he, is he? No, we're, we're in the south side of the city. Oh, sure, like you're accessible to everything, so... yeah. Yes, exactly, yeah. 
That's am- I'm amazed because uh, you know he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be just working as a barista in a busy establishment. No, perhaps. he's, he's he could- willing to do bar work. He's willing to do restaurant work. He's willing to do anything to get in in, in the door to the place. Well. Certainly on basis, on the basis of my conversation yesterday with Benny McCabe, who owns 14 or 15 different pubs and cafes and gastro pubs, he certainly should be, um, he certainly should be getting in touch with Benny McCabe's organization because they're definitely hiring. And like that, now we, we this is, I, I only heard on the radio, Benny McCabe is, um, a hiring agency, is it? No, Benny McCabe has pubs, restaurants, gastro pubs, a brewery. Rising, Rising Sun Brewery, yeah. Get your son to do a bit of research into all of his different I establishments. Um, I will indeed. And pick up the phone or drop in there by hand or whatever the case may be, but that could be an option, you know. Well, do you know what? Now, all we want is for somebody to give him a chance. He's doing his damnedest to, uh, he's handing out CDs again today. And it's just for somebody to actually say, yeah, we'd give you a chance. I mean, most of these kids would do better by being taught in-house. What, you know what, they, what they do they expect? Would they expect maybe your son to get the experience by working for free or something? Well, he's even gone down to thinking of that. He's offered to one or two places. I'll actually do weeks for nothing if you just train me in so that I can put you on my CV. Well, if you made an offer like that, he'd be a damn good person to get working for you. He really would. Well, he, I know for a fact he's done that. I won't mention the place he's, he's offered his positions to, but he even didn't get that, do you know what I mean? Because the places are too busy. Okay, well, listen, if I hear of anything or I get a text or a contact, I'll flip it on to you. In the meantime, get him to do a lot of research into Benny McCabe's pubs and restaurants and gastro pubs. Thank you for taking my call. Not at all, and we'll see if we can make something happen. Thanks to Loris. Lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Surely there could be a database match at the Department of Social Protection locally with job seekers or people on unemployment well able to work already qualified for the jobs or trainable. It's very easy to play the game and get the money for nothing as an alternative. That's what PUP is doing for many. Make everyone on free money do 20 hours somewhere, even in a delicatessen, it says here. Um, I don't know why you single out delicatessens. Uh, when I heard PUP was extended to February next, this came to mind. Won't it be a fine, handy summer now for some? Also, Neil, the government... Could the government make an exception this week and start giving jabs to all younger staff in restaurants, for God's sake? I heard that in Cornwall, a hotel had to close during the G7 because staff got COVID. I actually think you're right there, Anne. I think we're asking people to go back into hospitality, to go back into restaurants, blah, blah, blah. We're asking people to go indoors in the first week in July. And many of the staff that are serving you won't have been vaccinated. You would think that they would be the first, wouldn't you? The people who are going to be serving and working indoors. But what do I know? April, good morning. Hi. All right. So yesterday I was talking with, uh, I think it was Chloe, who is just going on um, 16. And we have permission for your mum to chat to you, do we? Yeah. We do. And you're, you're 15, isn't that right? Yeah. And would this be your first year looking for a summer job? Uh, yeah. And are you looking for someone to take you on or what are you looking to do? Um. I'm just looking for a job, like, because, like, for money and, like, it will help me for the future as well and stuff. And are you, uh, are you applying? Um, I didn't yet, but I, because I, I thought the age was, like, that you have to be 16. That's why I didn't, like, apply anywhere. I gave out the different age groups yesterday, um, and you can work restricted hours at your age. Not, not a full-time job, you know? Yeah. 
kind of slightly available. slightly less and uh you know, just to, because, you know, you, they have different restrictions for different ages. But what would you like to do? I don't really mind. I just like working with people and, like, okay. I don't really mind. Yeah, yeah. So would that be, like, retail, hospitality, something like that? Yeah, anything. I'm yeah. not really bothered. Because it, it'd be a long summer doing nothing, wouldn't it? Yeah. And tell me, are any of your pals working? Have any of them got a job? Um, no. Actually, a few of them do. What did they get work at? I think one of them is, like, doing something in an office, like, just sorting stuff, like, but helping out. Right. And did she apply for that? I don't know. But she's been paid for it, like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, people would mind kids for money, or they do a bit of, you know, almost like au-pairing or, or babysitting or... You know, stuff like that. Did any any of that being done anymore now? Um, like I babysit people who I know, and I just get paid about like twenty euro or something just for. But I I never really I don't put it up like somewhere so that like people could like hire me. But I know, I, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, people used to young people used to put little um, tear off notes in supermarkets on notice boards, you know. Yeah. Do you know when you babysit, is it 20 euro is all you get for the night? Like, it depends how long I'm there for. Because, like, if I babysit my cousins, like, it wouldn't be, like, a certain amount per hour. Like, I'd just get, she'd just, like, give me, like, however much. Like, she'd maybe give me 20 euro. Okay, well, that's kind of family, isn't it? Yeah, it's mostly family. Like, Like, really, for somebody who's babysitting children... Um, from say eight o'clock or say seven o'clock to eleven or midnight, that should be about sixty, seventy euro, shouldn't it? Yeah. You know that kind of that that's not bad money. Yeah. You know, I mean, because you're like, there's not a whole lot of work involved. But anyway, I mean, that's just just as a by the way. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm saying. 67 euro and it's nowhere near that but I think you should be paying a tenner an hour anyway at least shouldn't you yeah 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 anyway listen if I hear of anything we'll let you know you know thank you you'd never know who might be listening yeah thanks cheers look after yourself take care back after the break this is the Neil Prenderville show tweet the show at Neil Red FM 104 to 106 Red FM. All right, well, uh, let's see. How much How much should you be paying for babysitting? I would have thought that if you had somebody in babysitting from, say, 7 o'clock till 11 or 8 o'clock till midnight, you'd easily, you'd easily pay 50 euro or more, wouldn't you? Maybe even more than that. I mean, like, you wouldn't just throw them a 10 or a 20. Anyway, text story at 68104106. Talking of money, you just can't win with airlines. You can't. I mean, you couldn't fly anywhere, so they were given vouchers if you're lucky enough to get one. Leanne says, I received a Ryanair gift voucher in May of last year. I'm just fully vaccinated, so I'm trying to book a flight now. Ryanair have told me they won't accept the voucher. They're saying it expired in May, four weeks ago. Um, as we all know, no one could fly for the last year due to COVID-19 government regulations. I wonder, Neil, has anybody else faced this issue and what are they going to do to fix it? Firstly, I thought that you could no longer put an expiry date on a voucher. I thought that was outlawed. And why in the name of God would they put 12-month limitation on it, knowing that nobody could fly? 
that it would be at least July or August to this year before they could use the vouchers. Anybody else in a similar situation? I didn't think you could put um, I didn't think you could put an expiry date on a voucher anymore. I really didn't. I thought that that was outlawed. Anyway, lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Sean, good morning. This old this old chestnut. I've heard of this one before. Can you hear me? All right. I can hear you, Grant. Can you hear me? Yeah, this is the the work for free to see if we like you, is it? Yeah, like my daughter, she's 18 and she'll be going into sixth year in September. Right, so during the summer, she wants to get her, you know, she's 18 now. She wants her own money, you know, spend it on makeup and false tan and all the other things. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage girls do, do you know. What, what she, and it, I wouldn't mind, you know, I was telling her this, you know, obviously with my accent being from Liverpool, right, I was saying, right, even in a first aid kit around Liverpool, there's always an emergency tan application <laughs> with a first aid kit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. One colour suits all. Smash glass here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So there was a local uh, takeaway restaurant advertising a, for a receptionist come food packer, you know, uh, you know, three, four nights a week. So fair play to the girl. She got off her own back. You know, she put a CV together. She went down, she dropped it in. A few days later, she gets a phone call. Yeah, yeah, can you come down? You know, <clears throat> so I I had a drink that night. The wife had had a glass of wine, so neither, and luckily enough, it's within walking distance of the house. So I got dressed again, walked her down, sat across the road. You know, didn't want to be too close to embarrass her. You know what it's like with Yeah, kids. you just brought her down. Stay out of the way. Yeah. Let her do her own thing. Yeah. Now yeah. let her go in and she comes out all smiles and everything, you know. And I said, oh, how did you get on? And then she proceeded to tell me the girl was very nice, impressed with her handwriting, you know. And, you know, obviously you've got to have le- legible handwriting, you know. And she said, yeah, you know, I'll be back in touch with you in a few days. So a few days passed, you know, because this was last week. Girl who interviewed her got back in touch with her and said, yeah, we'd like to offer you a position. We can't give you a start date at the moment, but, right, we'll get you in for three or four nights a week. You'll do a few hours a night. And after two weeks, if you're good enough, we'll take you on. You know, and and, uh, she goes, oh, at the door so it was like yeah well you know and it'd be 10 euros an hour you know and I said are they going to pay you for the training and she goes no the girl told me that they don't pay you for the training and I said hold on I said I I have never been in the job I'm in my 50s I said any job that I've been on like where I've had to do training you know prior to starting a job I said a company's always paid me I said, and when I was like younger than you and I worked in an Indian takeaway when I was still in school at 15 yeah. over in Liverpool, I said, the guy brought me in early, stuck before the shift starts, said, listen, this is how, if they order this, write down this number, if they write down this number, because you'll have a menu and they'll have a menu. If you're confused, just confirm with them. You know, that this is the order that they're doing. And is that, you know, the job that she went after, is it like in an Indian takeout or a Chinese no, or an Italian or a chip or something? It's a Chinese. Okay. All right. So th- that would be answering calls, taking orders by number. Or writing it down, you know, which is ever is easiest, you know. And then part of the duties would be as well is to go into the kitchen. Obviously, when it's all packed up, she would then put it into bags, you know, to be taken away. Yeah, but you gotta 
you got to, I mean, this is not the first time I've heard this. I've heard horror stories like this before. One of the worst ones I heard was a delicatessen who hired five people. Didn't hire them. They brought them in for training. They didn't pay them. These people worked all week long for free. And then they picked one of the five and the other four had to just leave. Oh, Jesus, that's like the apprentice. It's it's dreadfully unfair, and 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 I question whether it's even legally from the point of view of employment law. But it does, do, and I heard of other horror stories from a couple of restaurants in Kinsale were at the same crack. Yeah, I didn't know if it was, but what we said to her, we told her like both me and the wife told her like, listen, as far as we know, we think it's illegal, but Sean, you know, go with your gut. You know, if you feel that you want to do this and you're prepared to, you know, sacrifice 15, 20 hours a week, maybe 40 hours over two weeks, you know, and you're happy with that. Yeah. Go for it. You know, because, you know, all we can do is, you know, is, is advise her. What did she do? She hasn't started yet. She hasn't got the start date. Now, one of the questions I did ask her, I said, you know, I said, obviously we're in the middle of June now. I said, did the girl who was interviewing you ask if you had holidays booked? And she goes, no. And I said, well, the thing is, though, you know we're going away in the second two weeks of July. I said, what happens that if you go in, do your two weeks work, or at the start of your two weeks, turn around and say, well, listen, my parents have booked a holiday home. Ah, well, now that's a head wreck for an employer now. If you're getting a summer job, there's no holidays involved in this. You work the summer. Yeah, I, I was explaining that to her. I said, you should have told her as well that you were going away for two weeks. You know. Okay, well, that's that's an added headache. She's going to have to iron that one up. But as to whether or not, I'd love to get people's opinion on it because I believe that it's unfair and it's unjust asking somebody to come in and work uh, for nothing mm. under the under the as I believe the pretense of training. I think it's wrong, yeah. and I think it's yeah. very exploitative of young people as well. Yeah, you know, no, no. Look, I'm happy, you know, you know, as a father, you know, I'm proud of it that she went off on her own, you know, so sourced this job, you know, went down and, you know, got her CV sorted out and, you know, the only help she wanted or the only, you know, bit she wanted was, listen, will you bring us down? You know, because she, you know, she just wanted somebody to be down outside, you know, I'd have either driven her down if I hadn't had a drink. I know. Or, I know. know. What are you going to do? I don't know, you see, because we said go with her, and she's desperate to work, you know, it's like you're hearing from all other parents, and you're hearing from callers as well. There is people desperate to work, there's, you know, a lot of people do want to work, you know, and if you don't have that experience, you know, like, you know, the barista guy there, you know, he's got his qualifications and everything, but nobody will give him the experience, you know, so we can... Well, well, he, he is considering, this is a 20-year-old looking for a full-time job who's considering working for free just to get his foot in the door. Your daughter's looking for a part-time job. They know she's part-time. They know she's a sixth-year student. Um, you know, uh, like, did you say three or four nights a week for two weeks? Yeah. For free? For free. I'd run away a mile from it. I just uh, I just wouldn't do it. Um, anyway, listen, that's just me. Let's see what other people think of it, shall we? Thanks, Sean. I'm loving the show and Cheers, I listen to you every day. Keeps me sane during the day when I'm driving around. Great to hear that. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your listening. Cheers. Take care of yourself. Laura? Yes. I know we're going to talk about you. babysitting in a moment, but what do you think of what Sean just said there? What do you think of his 18-year-old daughter, three or four nights a week, two weeks free work? 
Well, I think it's one way of getting our foot in the door. Um, definitely. I mean, I was working at 16 um, part-time job. Now, I was being paid for it, but I probably would have worked a couple of nights free just to make my impression. Um, so I think it would be, it, it is a good idea. A couple of nights free. This is three or four nights a week for two weeks for free. Well, I suppose that is exploitation to a degree, yeah. One okay. night would be, or two nights in, 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 well, in a row would uh, show your, your, your enthusiasm to the, to the employer to be able to get a, a part-time job on that basis. Yeah, I just think it's very, very open to exploitation, particularly of young it people. Is. I really it do, is. you know, it I is. really do. After two it weeks, is. then they could say... They could just as easily they say after two weeks, yeah. sorry, yeah. you're not suited. Believe me, they could I'll say that. On. Mm. Oh, absolutely, I agree with you. Like, things have changed since I was 16. I'm, I'm 47 now. Okay. And when I was 16, I mean, that wouldn't have happened. I mean, you know, you, you'd be interviewed. I was interviewed for the position as a waitress and I got the position and I worked two summers, two Christmases and an Easter, I think. Um, that led me up to college time. So, oh, you know, it is, that would be exploitation. But it's very good and it's very good for confidence um, for future work to get part-time positions like that. Yeah, but but please pay people even, even, even if it Absolutely. is even if Absolutely. it is during training. Pay them something. Right, um, it's been a while since you uh, since you had a babysitter then, is it? <laughs> it is, yeah. My daughter is going on 15 um, in January. So, okay. so I'm trying to work out what the normal ago. rate is. Um, people are freaking out that I would suggest that a babysitter well, I, should be paid I, 60, I, 70 euros. I don't think so, Neil. I mean, I, we were paying that. Now, we didn't go out that often, but when we did go out, we, we treated the babysitter to, to... We wanted the responsibility of the babysitter to be recognised. And they were looking after a six-month, eight-month, nearly 12-month in the end um, of our daughter. And I, we did pay between 10 and 20. I think it was 20 an hour. Mother so, of God, we, 20 an hour. Yeah, yeah, we did. There we was were times when there was her. times when I didn't come back till one in the morning. I'd have been shelling out hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Oh um, my God. That's so, way like, look, too we, much, is it? Well, it isn't. I mean, it depends on 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 what you want, like the the level of care you want to get your child when you're leading it to a, a, well, it wasn't a stranger; it was a neighbor's child, and. Um, yeah, she was. She was. She was more than. She wasn't a child. She wasn't in her younger teens. She was in her late teens. She was in her seventeen, eighteen. She must have and, loved um, the phone call from she you. Did, and it was great for her for saving purposes as well. And you do appreciate what they do because I mean, if anything happened that night, she was in the care to make the phone call to us to make the phone call. Yeah, to but the she'd doctors. have done it just as well for a tenner an hour, though, wouldn't she? <laughs> Well, she might have done, but I mean, we 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 said we it mightn't have been twenty euro now. Maybe I'm being too generous. Neil might be forgetting things as I get older. We definitely agreed seventy or eighty euro for the night, and that was that was a good that was a good figure to give. Man, yeah, you were you were means, never out longer than three or four hours, kind of thing. No, well, no, we we'd always come back at the time. We always said we'd come back. Yeah, we would never have pushed it over. No, I wasn't no, the greatest at that. We would have got a taxi that would have brought us home to drop her home, which was about a maybe 200, 250 yards away from us. Because she who so must be obeyed here says that the normal rate would be about a tenner an hour for a teenager. If it's a family member, a niece or a nephew, it might be a five or an hour. The poor old nieces and nephews in the Emero in the Emero really Hay family really are going to make any money. Yeah. Huh? They don't make anything. I would be doing anything for family if I was She'll a She'll never get a babysitter. She won't? <laughs> no. 
no, 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 no. No, I think um, the rates definitely should have should have gone up from that <laughs> anyway. Um, in this day and age, you know, you won't get people to work for nothing at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, but know? I think a tenner an no, but let's be fair now, a tenner yeah, an 10, hour. 10 or, 15, ten or fifteen euro an hour would be would be fine, I think. Okay, you know? I'm not far off I mean, the what, mark. What, what what is the the minimum wage? Twelve fifty. No, uh, I think it's under just under eleven. I think you have 11. me there on the exact well, figure. I mean, I suppose if if you have the minimum rate, you should probably go with the minimum wage rate. Really, for and, uh, but yeah, yeah. But we are talking about okay. kids here now. We are talking about kids. We are, we are. But you see, you, you don't want a child to go in and just look at television and not check on your child, not check on the baby, not Sorry. check on okay. you know. Okay. Um, okay. So I think okay. it's the level of care you want the babysitter to give your baby child. Well, whatever it may be. All right. Well, the and minimum the minimum wage is ten one. euro twenty. So maybe that's what it should okay. be. Incidentally, okay. Emer, they they are not Emer's figures. The figures I read out there are the figures that she found. It's recommended. Okay, she said enough. she's a big tipper. Apparently, she tells me big tipper <laughs> just throws it around like confetti at a wedding. All right. Confetti. Very good. Cheers, Laura. Take okay. care. Back after the break. Back after these. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 104 106. Thanks for that. Uh, as a uh, lady who emailed in, won't give out her details. Please don't give up my information there, but I'm in my mid 50s now. I've been applying for jobs and I've found it impossible to find work. I've been in different jobs with vast experience all through the years. I found even before lockdown impossible to find work. I think when you get to a certain age, it gets very hard getting a job. There's one word for it ageism. And she says in her mid-50s, it's almost as if you're invisible, isn't it? Anyway, keep those emails coming, Neil, at redfm.ie. We have a 1,500 euro super deluxe Weber Genesis gas barbecue grill to give away with four big powerful burners. This is the uh, the Weber Genesis gas grill, uh, courtesy of ourselves in Carewswood Garden Centre and Cafe in Castle Marcher. I hope to get down there this afternoon because I'm talking about it, not having visited, so I need to go and see it for myself. We also have daily 50 euro Carewswood Garden Centre and Cafe vouchers to give away. And we're looking for your earliest childhood memories. So it's where the visit actually for plants and shrubbery and, uh, you know, trees and flowers and you know, all sorts of stuff that you need for the garden just to get things uh, rocking and rolling for the summer. You can also visit the cafe. And indeed, if you want to get down there for a few hours, it's a beautiful big 19th century walled garden just outside Castle Martyr. Hook a right there as if you're going for the Castle Martyr Hotel. And it's got playgrounds and a beautiful picnic area for all of the family. So keep those, uh, keep those memories coming. Let's get a couple on air. It's a lovely email here. Eugene says, Neil, take no notice of all of those previous callers on air. I'll win the prize. I remember shaking hands with the midwife. <laughs> So <laughs> that's an early memory, Martin, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sure you can't go quite back that far, but how far back can you go? Uh, my memory is uh, I'm going back to 1955 when I was four years old and I was standing outside. We just moved into a house up in Clocks Road and we were standing and the sky was red and, and my sisters and myself were standing there and they were singing uh, the sky is red the devil is dead no school tomorrow the opera house was on fire and that's why the sky was red did you go in? The sky. We, we were standing in, in Clark's Road which is quite a distance from the track and we could actually see the, the, the sky and that stands out for me that's the one thing that I can remember 
And if it had been the year before, we were actually living in Emma's place where Johnson and Perrots uh, oh. had a place. There was a tenement house there. There was nine of us born there. So we probably would have been looking straight over at it. You know, and it, it's, it's just as amazing. That and the whole of the there. sky in the city from the suburbs and certainly from the north side, it would be very obvious that the Opera House it was a place. Been, yeah, but from where we were, we could, I could look out towards Turner's Class and out that area and we could just see the sky was right. Of course, we were delighted. We you were delighted. You, were, you didn't understand the signal. You were only four. I was only four, but it's, it's just, isn't it amazing? It's the one thing that I can remember. I don't remember moving up to the house, which would have been only 12 months before. We got a three-bedroom house and nine kids and the grandfather and grandmother, I'm sure, moved in. <laughs> oh, my God, there's a lot of it. But, do you recall the tenement house on Emmett Place? No, I do not. I was. I just have no memory of it all. But I got lots of stories from my mother. Actually, my mother taught me, God rest her, that her brother brought home um, a doll from one of the shops that had been burned by the Black and Tans. My God, isn't that going back? That's history. And That's I, I really, history. really, I, I really regret that I didn't have more conversations with her because she had a fabulous memory. And you know something? It's one of my greatest regrets as well that I didn't pay more attention when I was young, but we have other things on our mind back then. This, this, this is it. Well, of course, you know, with your own family and building houses and the rest of it. And it, it was so handy down there. My father worked in Emmett Place, or, or in... Um, Academy Street in a place called Barry's Auction and that's where everybody used to buy their second-hand furniture that time because that's all you could afford. They'd be in auction every two weeks. No way, no. And like he only had to walk across the road. So you can imagine when he went to walk the following day because Wonderful they used story, to play the yeah. opera house with furniture for the um, for the uh, the pantos and we every year we were able to go to the pantos because my father would get free tickets you know? I know what you're saying listen I, I wish I had more time because I love those kind of reminiscences but I want to chat I want to squeeze in Christine before I go but at four years old the burning of the opera house Martin's one of Martin's earliest memories Christine good morning Hi, good morning, Nate. How are you? Uh, you were about 20 months old, I believe, is it? I was about 20, 21 months old. I was very young. I was in a castle. I remember being in the castle. I was traumatised. And That's it's not necessarily, Emer is right when she says, it's not necessarily your earliest memory. You know what I mean? It, not the youngest, but maybe the more vivid memories of childhood. What was it? Uh, yeah, because um, what happened was it was 1965. I sound old now, don't I? But um, I was put into hospital and I remember... Um, my mother and father came in with my sister and um, the nurse brought me over to the window and they put my sister up on top of it. the old Anglia cars, do you remember that? The Anglia cars, yeah, do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was put on top of the roof and she was waving at me and I remember my mum coming in with clothes for me to go home. I remember crying all the time because um, my mum said I was in with an air infection. So I told her it's air, air and throat. But the iron throat, we used to call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, my brother's nickname is Basket of Cats. <laughs> when I was eight months old, I was thrown outside the door because I cried so much. <laughs> like you, so you I, remember your mother coming in with the clothes to bring you home yeah, in a brown paper bag. But do you remember them going remember. away when you were left in the ward? I wonder. I, rem- I remember me left in the ward. I remember crying. I remember the tears in my eyes. I remember. I actually remember everything, and I don't remember going from. The hospital to home, I remember coming in home in my mum's arms and my three uh, siblings running towards me. That's amazing because you probably couldn't even walk at that stage. Well, 
I can't I can't remember walking, but I was in people's arms anyway, and yeah. I was crying. Yeah. So um, and I remember um, we lived in Churchville, and I remember um, someone put me on handlebars of a bike, <laughs> and I remember being scared. How old were you then? So I would have been over two then. I'd be about two or three. I left Churchville when I was six. See, so some I people are some memories. people are very lucky. They're blessed with memories that go way back into their childhood. The rest of us were kind of struggling around the age of five and six. You know. So we left at, I left at six in Churchfield and I remember the, um, it was kind of a, the, 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 the priest ran it. It was a kind of a man-made um, uh, poker hall. It was a kind of a little swim pool. I remember my parents bringing us down and handing us over, going in for a swim. I know, yeah. Very I know. young. I know, very young, I know. I remember. All right, great story. Thanks for sharing with Christine. I wish I had more time. We'll get more of them on the air in the morning. So keep those texts coming. Text 86 810 Everybody during the week that uh, we pick a winner each day gets a 50 euro voucher for uh, Carewswood Garden Centre and Cafe. And on Friday, into the final for the super deluxe Weber Genesis gas grill. I think Martin's story, to be quite honest with you, is a four-year-old watching the Opera House burn and chanting, the sky is red, the devil is dead, no school tomorrow. Um, and Martin from uh, Hollymount told that story, a 50 euro voucher for you. And you never know, you could be uh, watching another fire on Friday in the shape of a Weber Genesis gas grill. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redxtra.ie for more great Red FM content.